0: (laughs) Eat more chips don't let the salad win That's the message uh, In terms of The nature of the food maybe That uh, we consume in Wales Compared to the Italians This is the Eat More Chips podcast Grab your bag of chips Salt, vinegar Perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie A bit of sauce cork on the side And let's go and welcome to the eat more chips podcast the official podcast one of the most recognizable flags in the welsh football supporters universe in a week when tetley tea is closely monitoring tea imports on a daily basis due to supply problems and the price of chocolate is set to double due to increased costs of cocoa beans if burger king and only fans doubles its prices both my co-hosts may have nervous breakdowns
1: it's jamie does don't give us that kind of news, jeez, we don't want that not before Easter
2: firstly, what's a co-host co-host <laughs> oh you said host um and and secondly is that why the Samaritans has been uh has been blocked all week because you've been ringing up because chocolate's doubling
0: no it's the it's the fact that you know I mean tea I mean Britain will just come you to don't a... drink tea no, but Britain will come to a halt if tea starts to become a problem Britain will come to a halt, won't it
2: well, maybe.
0: Daz, welcome back. Did you have a good week away from the pod?
1: Um, well, I mean, it was it was uh, work related. So, um, definition of good. I mean, you know, I was get busy. that <laughs> shall we say. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be back. I miss you guys when I'm not around. So, it's, uh, so it's nice to be back. Oh, yeah,
0: that's, that's lovely. Thank you. And we'll talk about Cymru men and women in a bit. But according to CEO of the FEW, Noel Mooney, they've had many international managers apply for the vacant women's team job, uh, which they hope to announce before the first set of qualifiers in April. What kind of a manager
1: would you like to see, Daz? A good one. Um, I mean, can <laughs> okay. we just put that? Can we just put that on the on the advert and just say only good managers apply? Must be good yeah yeah um i I, what kind i mean it's it's we've talked about the fact that there's benefits for having a welsh voice there's uh there's benefits for having a a female voice there's you know there's all sorts but we just want somebody who can um get the most out of the players we've got and if and i've got no prerequisite in my mind of what kind of a manager that is other than uh, you know somebody who can see the talent that we've got, the potential we've got. There's a lot of youth um, that needs to be brought through really, really well, whilst we've still got the um, the uh, the wise heads there as well. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's I, I don't know. I mean, is are there names being banded about? I've not really read many.
0: No, he didn't mention any names at all. He just said a, a many international managers is the words that he used for um, for the press. I mean, that could be. That could be anybody, couldn't it, from... I mean, you know, Jose Mourinho's available. You know, why, why not him? Well, it's not Mike Bassett, we're laughing.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I think if you're saying that the international managers are getting in touch, then that does sound like there's people with pedigree, people who have got a previous, rather than just top, uh, you know, either... Whether super league level or other other decent leagues it does suggest that people with international you know credentials are applying then that's really positive but i think why wouldn't they because they say i think it's a really good squad so um what a brilliant opportunity
0: jamie topsy-turvy week for wrexham this week we've got to talk about social media after saturday i mean what did you make of some of the frothing at the cyber mouth that went on Post the Bradford defeat,
2: frothing at the cyber mouth. Wow, um, what analogy that is! Um, it's nonsense, isn't it? It's nonsense. Like I said it last week. I said it last week, and I can only reiterate what I said last week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of people being able to express their opinion. Everybody has has an opinion, should be allowed an opinion, and should be able to give their opinion as long as it doesn't offend or you know, uh, it doesn't cross a line, but some of the stuff that's written is, is has been written uh, on social media it's just it's just crazy and I think I, th- I think what what I find interesting is is I'd love to to be able to know um, you, you know what the kind of uh, the background is of, of some of the the people that are that are losing their heads from the point of view of if they are of Um, you know, I think it's safe to say that in the last couple of years, the Wrexham fan base has grown massively and it's, it's, um, you know, a lot of what you would call newer fans. Now there is no, absolutely no, I got no issue with that whatsoever. You know, I don't care if, you know, new fan, old fan, whatever fan. Um, But I wonder whether some of it's, you know, I'd be interested to know because if, if it's the newer fans, some of the newer fan base, then I could kind of understand to a point, although I don't agree with it because, they're not used to seeing Wrexham lose or draw or stutter. They've only known Wrexham win and dominate. But if it's an older fan base who followed Wrexham for years like you and I have, then what we're experiencing now is what you would expect to be experienced during the course of a football season, no matter who you are. It's a blip. It's a bad patch. It happens to every team. You know. Yes, you can analyse and you can... Uh, you know, criticise to a point individual performance or team performances or tactics or whatever you want. That's part of the discussion, part of what we do on here. Um, but some of the uh, absolute nonsense that's been spouted online is just it blows my mind sometimes. it really does.
0: I mean, have they never watched football before, though? Because very, 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 very few teams in the history of football have had perfect seasons where they've won every single match.
2: Well, I I wanted to ask you both something actually about this because I, I kind of thought you were going to ask something along these lines. I wanted to ask you both something. Um, you know, we we I mean certainly, darts obviously as a Liverpool fan, so we watch as obviously Premier League and top top flight football. I know you don't watch it as much, but you you're very aware of, of top flight football and, and football generally. And and you know, football now has become at that level because it's such a big business and there's so much money involved. It's bec- you know, a, a management has become a very um, trigger-happy role, hasn't it? You know, if the team starts underperforming, it's usually the manager that cops it first. And, you know, you do, you, we don't see, and will we ever see, you know, managers at the top level like Fergie, like we- Wenger, who were there for, like, decades. It doesn't seem to be that. that Nowadays, you look at like Mourinho at Man United, Tottenham, you look at Chelsea and how they go through managers. It seems to be that the clubs are very trigger-happy to get rid of the manager because that's the whether that's the easiest thing to do or what, I don't know. Do you do you, do you think do you think potentially coming down to Wrexham's level? Do you think there's maybe people who are now following Wrexham who 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 have that mentality of that's what they're used to seeing managers fired when results aren't going well for a very short period of time?
0: I think there's a definite level of of new fans who probably ha- have been watching who have been attached to Premier League clubs and then have got interested in Wrexham since Wrexham have been successful. I mean, we both know that that clubs as club success is mirrored often by the support of, of extra fans. You get a support swell if the club does well. If the club does badly, then the support drops off. I mean, the problem is it is big business. I mean, UEFA announced yesterday that the Manchester United squad of last season was the most expensive squad in football history, worth apparently $1.2 billion. And they achieved nothing for their $1.2 billion dollars i mean i think does that says it all doesn't
1: it yeah i mean you've you've you know, the money's the money's one thing but it's it's got to be invested properly and it's got to be spent wisely and all of that but i think you know the the, the level of expectation and this is sort of feeding into the the culture of you know get rid get rid if if, if it's not working i mean it's the the idea this can be such a quick fix um is is bizarre and you know the idea that you could just buy a, a couple of players and immediately make a difference is is absurd it takes you know it takes time it takes an ethos it takes a sort of a team spirit but but you also need the fans to get on board to back side, whether it's youngsters coming through whether it's um following the, the the manager's you know long-term plan and strategy um or you know otherwise you're going to have teams that you know that you know the I just think like teams like Crystal Palace, for example, you know, they they, they they go down one route and they go panic, 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 and they get, you know, Roy back again, Roy Hodgson, and, and you just think like, you know, steady the ship. Well, you just think, well, there are clearly managers out there who know what they're doing, who steady the ship, they have a strategy and they can, you know, they can give you stability. Now, is that good enough for those fans? Maybe not, which is why his head's, you know, you know, uh, on the block.
0: More worrying, obviously the fact that he's been taken ill today at training and he's, he's oh, had to go he? to the hospital. Yeah. He's, oh, had, oh, he's had to go sorry. to hospital. So yeah, he's, um, I mean, that's the ironic thing they were saying that he's probably going to be sacked, but he was taken ill at training today and has gone off to hospital. So,
1: well, I mean, I mean, it, you know, that was the bizarre thing about going for such a, an, an old, uh, you know, um, uh, classic style manager but they wanted to steady the ship and i just think that there aren't that many of that type of player around but but the manager around but i just think there aren't going to be unless you start investing time and i appreciate that there are some clubs who feel they can't afford to stay with the current setup because the risk of going get relegation or uh or what have you the financial implications are so drastic so massive that it's it's a it's a gamble they can't take well this is where the whole managing and budget within your means and the fair play and all of those kind of procedures were all brought into place, I thought, was to sort of give stability so that teams can um, uh, invest properly and, you know, stabilize, you know, the the structure of the team not putting the, the the legacy of the team at any kind of risk but working our way through the divisions there are lots of teams in all the divisions who are probably throwing money in various routes whether it's getting big name managers or um, spending for the players over over the amounts for players and are jeopardizing uh, you know the, the club's um you know very existence and and i think what we've already spoken about and sort of commented about on on this pod is how currently wrexham are doing a really good job of um yes spending a little bit of money because they can but they're not putting themselves in jeopardy at any point there's always got to be some sort of stabilizing so the um uh, stewardship of the club needs to come from all levels at uh, protecting the legacy, protecting its its you know long term as much as its short term success, and uh, and I think that there are too many clubs in all the divisions, um, and and maybe the fans are part of that problem. Maybe the, the the disgruntled voices are making chairman make push the button a bit sooner. Um, but it is it is a very worrying trend.
0: Like like Jamie said though that everybody is entitled to criticism. Absolutely, it's just the fact that some of it is just so left wing.
2: If you bring it back full circle to 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 Parky specifically, and I know there was there was lots of course for his head.
0: Th- I mean, Call what are you going to do? But... You get rid of Parky tomorrow. Who's going to come in for the last, you know, fifteen games of the season that we're already in fourth place and do any better?
2: Even I mean, a very valid point and a hundred percent you spot on. It would be crazy time. You know, Christ, you you you'd only surely to God you'd only consider a manager change if you were fighting for your lives at the bottom of the table, not towards the top. But that's a, you know it, whilst that is a very valid point, just forget that for one minute. You know, yes, we could we could uh, debate <clears throat> uh, Parkey's uh, tactical um, uh, possibilities with regards to how far up the leagues he can take us. You know, that's a conversation for another day. But from the point of view of what he's achieved in the time that he's been at Wrexham, and yes, okay, you you have to caveat it with the fact that he's ha- he's been given plenty of backing, he's been given plenty of resources and everything else, but he still had to get the job done. He's got us out of the National League after 15 years. You know, we're over, well, we're into the, the, the almost the home straight of the season now. And we're right there up in the mix of League 2 in our first season back for 15 years. Do I like the football we play at times? No, not 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 at times. You know, have I been critical about the fact that we seem to lack a plan B? Yes, I have. But to, to call for his head after losing, what is that, that's his fifth that's only his fifth home game. He's lost in seventy something games since he's been in charge at home. I mean, give your head a wobble. I mean, what more? Do you, what what do you want? The first time we've not scored at home for fifty something games. It's 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 ludicrous. And I like I say, I just wonder whether I just find it fascinating with regards to what the negativity that's spouted. I wonder whether it's some of like I say, uh, uh, some some p- potentially a newer fan base that's maybe used to following. Uh, you know a Premier League club and therefore that's that's just the mindset that they're used to um or whether people have just got completely blinded by the fact that we've the success we've had over the last 18 months and actually f- forget and forgot what it's actually like supporting a, a League two team
0: but are some people doing it just to get a rise that's the, that's yeah. the thing that is yeah. in my head I'm thinking are you just saying that because you know lots of people are gonna you know tw- click on you you know and and reshare and go oh look at this idiot. I mean, are you just doing it just to get clicks? Quite possibly. You do. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you very much. I'm very <laughs> dear you. Anyway, good news, though. One bit of good news is this week is that season three of the Welcome to Rexon documentary kicks off on the 18th of April, two games before the end of the season. So on the flip side of this, we could be celebrating by then. I mean, Daz for the, for the Daz household. Season three of Welcome to Wrexham
1: so early? Good news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think it's nice to get it in doses and 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 not have it such big gaps between them. So I think no, it'll be um, well received in the in the James household for sure. Yeah. And Jamie, I mean, you know, it will be
0: covered. Obviously, it's covering this season, so actually, it will come live. The beginning of the season will come live before the end of the season. I mean, is that better than sort of waiting till August September, where everybody already knows what the narrative is going to be?
2: Yeah, I think I I, I think um it it will be better won't it because i think it'll it'll you know it'll run its course and it'll come to an end you know a few weeks after the close of the season which is probably a a better time to do it. i think it makes sense i think the first two seasons were there was was a delay to it wasn't it so it kind of made sense but um yeah yeah it's i mean it's neither in or there when they put it on for me i think it's um you know be interesting to see where they go with it and and be interesting to see what the plan is with it long, you know, long term. What, what, what is the plan? You know, is it have they have they talked about more series? At what point do you call it a day with it? You know, it's not it's not going to carry on forever, is it? I don't think. Um, no. You know, do you, no. Do you do a Sunderland to your die kind of scenario where you do a few seasons and then you have a break for a few seasons because they've just done a th- another series of that? Haven't yes. They?
0: Yeah, they have. Yeah, and that would probably make sense. I mean, imagine if you did a third series and then left it for a couple of years and then revisited it, then you would. You would probably get the interest back up because people would want to know oh, what's what happened to them in the last couple of years and whatever.
2: I suppose the problem you've got is is that from from a TV point of view, the first two series were perfect, weren't they? You know, the first series was about the takeover and explaining it all and and, and giving it some context, and then it built up and built up and built up, and then it was this it was this epic nearly, and then the second series was this you know, this monumental battle continuing the story and then a big, big, big yes, and we got over the line and you think great, you part of you thinks, well, there's the natural kind of ending, but then you think, well, you know, if they followed it around this season and we do end up getting promoted this season, well then that's another good story to tell, isn't it? But I suppose it's it's where does it go? But I, I'm sure they've Christ they they know what they're doing.
0: I mean the cynic in me is saying that if we fail this season, that gives an impetus to have a fourth season because then you could have the success and so you could have that story arc of failure then success, failure then success. Not that I want failure this season. That's not reason that's not the reason why I would want a four series. But certainly if you're gonna write a story, that would be quite compelling, wouldn't it?
2: I think it's like any I mean, like I say, you guys are closer to, to that kind of world than I am, but I think it's all gonna come down to, to Viewer viewer figures, isn't it? I think if people are still watching it and clambering for it, which they seem to be, then they'll keep making them, I think.
0: And don't forget, Andy Taylor Edwards is into his second week of his fifty-three consecutive five mile walks in aid of the Wrexham miners rescue project, walking a total of 266 miles, one mile for every victim of the disaster. Now, if anybody have seen them, his vlogs on X are brilliant. Check them out if you haven't watched them, as they tell the story of mining in Wales around the time and Gresford. Mine is in particular and if you'd like to donate to his worthy cause visit all gone sonic iconic on twitter or x it's now known and click on the link and he has already raised nearly a thousand pounds so let's get that totally higher i mean have you managed to get on a walk with him yet jamie uh
2: no and after what he said to me today on uh, on an exchange i'm i'm not sure i want to go on a walk with him anymore because the conversation <laughs> quite quickly went from uh, zero to 100 miles an hour uh, and, it, and his last message was me dressed as scooby-doo and him feeding me snacks along the way um, don't, don't, don't ask how we got there. Oh
0: man, I pay my, I pay a hundred pounds to the charity yet to make that happen. Definitely, I'll, I'll message him. I'll get that.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's a hundred? That's so that's all it would take. A hundred pounds. That's all. Seeing me humiliate myself is worth a hundred quid.
0: Mate, I would do it for free. I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily going to give money, but you're going to give to a new charity. You might as well, you know. Might as well do it for yeah, a no, no, charity. That's
2: what I'm saying. Would you you know, I'm, I'm worth a bit more than that. My, my dignity's no, worth a bit more than no, that. it's not. Brilliant. Um no i haven't done uh but i i i definitely will be uh, i'm just trying to uh, work out a date with him that that works for, for well more for me obviously he's going to be there every day anyway so um it's just more for more for me timing it uh timing it in but yeah he's doing f- phenomenal i think uh, like you said his little vlogs are brilliant he's he's you know doing the walk and raising the money they're doing the walks and raising the money is fantastic but the um, the effort he's put into the research and the information that he's given out and then those little vlogs which, you know, like like he said himself at the beginning he, he, he you know, he's out of his comfort zone putting himself in front of the camera so he's doing that every day as well. So yeah, hats off to him and like, I so hope he can uh, keep adding to his total.
0: Well, the Dragons were back home for the first time in a month to take on Bradford City at the Stoke Kairas. Phil Parkinson made two changes from the loss away at Salford City. A Conquin goal. Hayden and Tozer at the back were joined by Owen O'Connell, replacing Jordan Turnercliffe. Barnett and McLean on the wings. Cannon, Evans, and Lee in the middle, and Paul Mullin was joined up front by Stephen Fletcher, replacing Sam Dolby. Wrexham started strongly and took the game to Bradford. Eight minutes and Paul Mullin crossed the, a ball for Fletcher to head at goal, forcing a smart save from Sam Walker. 10 minutes and Cannon hit a long-range shot that again called for the Bradford keeper to stay on his toes. Wrexham looked strong in attack and caused Bradford a number of headaches, but weren't able to get the ball in the net, something that they would regret later in the game. 21 minutes and Barnett hit a long-range shot, again forcing Walker and goal into action. Wrexham had probably their best chance on 26 minutes. McLean, with a set piece, lifted the ball into the box, which was met by Hayden. His header was off target and went just wide. Then Mullin looked to be brought down in the box after being wrestled to the ground, but the referee waved away the appeal. Bradford had few chances in the first half, certainly nothing that couldn't be handled by a conquering goal. Second half and Bradford realised they were still in this game and came out much, much stronger. 50 minutes and Kavanagh's shot from close range failed to put Bradford in the lead. 62 minutes and a Barnett cross from the right found Lee in the box. His header was beautifully done, but just drifted wide of the far post. 70 minutes and Luke Bolton made his home debut, coming on for Barnett on the right wing. Sam Dalby also replaced Fletcher. The game now became much tougher for Exxon as both sides battled for the victory. 80 minutes and Jack Marriott also made his home debut, coming on for Paul Mullin. James Jones also replaced Cannon in midfield. However, only a minute later, Bradford are handed a lifeline, as Hayden was judged to bring down Cook in the box for a penalty. Same referee and same player as the last time Bradford were awarded a penalty at the Kairas. Cook took the penalty, but it was saved by a concourse legs to keep the scores level. Both sides now threw the kitchen sink in to win the game. Unfortunately, though, it was Bradford in the 90th minute that managed to snatch the winner. A disputed drop ball to Bradford after play was stopped for the un time by a Bradford player who went down with a head injury, even though Rexford were in possession of the ball. Wrexham failed to deal with the clearance and Cook managed to squirm through the Wrexham defence and shoot at close range. Oconquill managed to parry the ball straight back to Cook who then headed it in. Wrexham nil, Bradford City one. Six minutes of added time remained but Wrexham couldn't find their usual fight back and were on the losing side at home for only the second time in the league this season. Jamie, massive, massive disappointment for the home fans but we had to lose at some point. What did you make of this
2: game? Um... I mean, it was yes, it was disappointing, wasn't it? You, you know, we we've become so formidable at home. Um, you know, dropping points at home is 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 uh, difficult to watch these days because it's not something that we do a lot of. Um, I think it was it was basically a smash smash and grab job that we did on Shrewsbury. That's what yeah, exactly. Did yeah, no, absolutely. But, um, you know, I think the the, the key. The key points to it for me was 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 that you know in that first half, um, not only were were we by far the better team. You know, I thought Bradford offered very little to be honest with you, a couple of half chances. But um, considering, yes, I know the their position in the league, but you know they they they've got some good players, and and you know we know Graham Alexander have got. Um, you know, he's got the tools to to set a team up to, to beat us, and um, as we saw earlier in the season. Um, but the the ultimately, we played an awful lot better. That was that that was the the mark difference for me. You know, we've not been playing well recently. Forget the 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 the, the four games on the trot losing, um, which is obviously an issue. But generally, beyond that, we haven't been playing that great recently, and I, th- I don't think anyone could disagree with that. But that was for me that was the most noticeable noticeable thing about that first half is we we played much better we got the ball down much more we passed it around much better we played through the midfield you know which made a massive difference because you know one of the things i hate most about when 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 we're not playing well is is this hoof ball from back to front you know we' completely bypassed the midfield and the midfield they stand up then chasing the ball up and then it comes back and then there's a big gap between the you know to the defense and the back and we just bypassed the midfield and and you know get the ball down and pass the ball around and we did that in the first half against um against uh, bradford but i I, th- I think we missed a little bit of a trick here, certainly in that first half because i i felt that that um Barney on the right hand side, more so than McLean on the left hand side, had the beating of their full back. I just don't think we got the ball out to him enough. Um, and in fairness, we, we, we had some big chances in that first half. Um, you know, Fletcher header, which was a great save by their keeper. Andy Cannon had a shot just over the bar. Barney had a shot. Hayden had a header, which flashed just past the post. All really good chances. Um, and like I say, Bradford offered very little in that first half. And I uh, <laughs> to be fair, at, at half time, although I was disappointed we hadn't scored, I wasn't too concerned because you know usually what we see from this Wrexham team is 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 an even you know an even bigger step in the second half and 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 um, you know uh, we raised the raised the, the tempo and the intensity, but for whatever reason that didn't really happen um, you know this this time um, and we and we str- I thought we struggled I thought we struggled to, to to keep the intensity going and certainly build and certainly build on it. Um, and we struggled to create good chances again in that second half. I think the the most notable one was that Lee header that he had which obviously when we saw it in the stadium it looked a good chance when I saw it back I'm thinking wow you know Elliot Lee first half of the season Elliot Lee he's putting that he's burying that so I yeah I think he'll be disappointed he'd be disappointed with with how poor of an effort it ended, ended up being he should have absolutely hit the target.
0: Can I just go in about the about the Mullin penalty do you think it did you think it was a penalty because that was in the first half?
2: Yeah. Um to be honest with you, did I think it was a penalty? It was as much a penalty as the one that was given against us in the second half.
0: And that's about what I was about to say. I mean, obviously with Cook's penalty,
2: I it's questionable whether that Cook penalty was. I think again, watching that back and and the, unfortunately because of the, I said this before. You know, it's great that we've we've got the highlights and stuff available via you know I follow and EFL and stuff like that now. But the the angles that you get on replays are limited. <clears throat> and the the replays that I saw back of of their penalty I was skipping ahead a bit, you know. But the the replays I saw of theirs, it looked to me more a case of the striker winning the penalty than the defender giving the penalty away. Does that make sense?
0: No, no, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying so much that it was necessarily it was a blatant foul, but I think the posi- the, the the striker did a good job, I thought, of winning the penalty. But if that was a penalty. Then I think Mullins was was as much of a penalty again. Can
1: I be the controversial go one? Go, Daz, say, be controversial. I don't think it's a penalty. He, uh, Mullins. Both of I them, just,
0: or just, or just Mullins?
1: Uh, hang on, I'll go online and have a look at the other one. I only saw the belly <laughs> one. I only saw the Mullen one because I knew you'd mention it because um, I didn't see the game. I didn't see the game, but, but, but no, I saw the Mullen penalty. I was looking at the highlights and he, his, he looks over the shoulder. He sees where the defender is and he backs into him knowing he's going to get contact and for all the defenders doing there's no there's no movement of the foot there's no kick out there's hardly i mean he puts his hands just so that his groin doesn't get touched by mullin's ass by the feels of it do you know what i mean it's it's just i just think there's a coming together there and mullin's playing for it and i i love mullin i think he's brilliant but if that's that, that can't be. So let me go online now and have a quick look at the other one and see how that compares. Hang on a sec.
0: Jamie, there was obviously I was at the the game on Saturday. There was strong talk around me of people saying that Mullin now goes down too easily. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? Or do you think he's just victimised and actually referees think that he goes down too easily, which is why he doesn't get the majority of the calls for being fouled?
2: It's a very difficult question to answer. Would would I say goes down too easily? Like I was just saying a minute ago about about Cook winning the penalty for Bradford, and I, and I think the strikers won the penalty more than the defenders yeah, given the penalty away. I think strikers now that that is part of their game. Maybe it's always been part of the game, but I think that's part of their game. You know, whether we like it or not, you know they're they're looking for. The contact They're looking for the advantage And they're looking to try and get the get the penalty You know a lot, a lot of strikers do it I do think Do I think Mullen goes down too easily I'm not sure I'd necessarily agree with that But what I would say Is I do think he has created How can I put this without it sounding controversial I do think he's created A little bit of a rod for his own back And I think referees now are You know Looking out for it shall we say uh, and I think he's a bit of a, a, bit of a victim of his own. Um, you know, he 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 has been for us certainly in time he's been with us. He has been very good at winning free kicks and penalties.
0: But let me let me just look down his head for a second. If if he is incredibly fast and so good at turning the defender and bolting away, the only way as a as a defender you're going to be able to stop him is to grab all of him, bring him down. So if that's the only way to stop him, and it's going to happen a lot then who's to say that actually the majority of the fouls that have happened against him should be legitimate
2: it's difficult isn't it because at the end of the day the it's you know football's a physical game there has to be an element of contact because if you start giving penalties and free kicks every time there's a little bit of a of a of a of a tussle and you know it's very fine lines, isn't it, between what is a foul and what is what is competitive play um it, it's a, it's a tricky one i mean i, I just don't think I don't think he, like I said, I don't think Mullen goes down uh, excessively more than anyone else. You know, take the the, the guy from Newport, for example. What's his name? Uh, Will Evans. Will Evans. To be to be fair, when we played them, now he, I thought, was was very much he 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 either hasn't got the skill set to make it look authentic. Or he's just a blatant diver and he, he plays the plays the you know, he he tries he just does it all the time and he just gets what he can. But what I will say is when I watched the Man United game the week after, he certainly wasn't the same against Man United as he was against us. But I don't think Mullen Yeah, you know, I think Mullen's just trying to be clever. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
1: I was gonna say though, I, I, I do think having looked now at the other penalty Cook, you know, the difference with what Mullen was doing is that he felt contact and went down. I think with 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 Cook, there's an arm around him, um, and he's playing. I mean, you're right; he wins it, but of course, he's given every prop in the in you know to be able to work with to win it. I don't I don't think Mullen had that prop this time around. He literally there's a hand literally touching him, and there's no push. There's no you can see no movement in the arm. There's nothing. I can't. I can't see how you can give it. I don't think the other one's a penalty either, but he wins that one for sure.
2: It's a dark art, isn't it? We, we all know it happens. You know, We all know that strikers, in particular strikers, not just strikers, but we all know strikers in particular, it's it's a, it's a dark art that's part of the game. And, and whether we think it's right or wrong, it's, it's just, it, it is part of the game. I think there's a difference between, there's a difference between making the most of Authentic contact and die blatant diving, um, you know, to to me at the end of the day, if you know, if if you're in go, if you're driving into the box, for example, and the defender leaves a foot out, then, you know, it's questionable, isn't it, with, with regards to, to um, is is the is the contact enough for it to be, to to actually cause a foul, you know, you, we see cases where. Foot to left, hanging out or whatever it might be, and and the defender pulls it away, and the striker still goes down, and and it, you can see it's a blatant dive. It's such a grey area, isn't it? But I think Mullin. I think the issue with Mullin's got is, is I think he's well. I'd like to think it isn't the case, but but obviously he is quite a well known a figure in, in at this level, isn't he? Um, you know whether it's just referees. Uh, I think you know I've seen lots of you. I know what you're like. I've got your number, kind of thing. I'd hope it's not that. Um, and you know, but you just don't know, dear. Do but I, f- for me, that on Saturday, if if the Bradford one was a penalty, you know, I think the Mullin one could have been given, and v- vice versa, they could have. Ne- you know, neither of them could have could have been given. Um, but uh, you know, as it was, it it, it, it Mullins wasn't, and Cooks was. Um, but I mean, back to that. Um, back to the second half. I think, like I say, I don't think after ten fifteen minutes of that second half. We didn't build what we've done in the first half and like i say we struggled to to really create any any chances and for me it's at that, that's at the point you know i keep i've talked quite a bit about this plan b another option a variation and that for me is where i would have liked to have seen us try something different do something different and even substitutions you know when he did make the substitutions um for me they were a bit late in incoming. I mean when did when did Dolby and Bolton come on? What what did you say? Seventy?
0: Seventy minutes Bolton came on on seventy and, and Sam Dolby came on for, for Fletcher, which again a lot of people around me questioned why Sam Dolby. Why not Ollie Palmer? Keep that physical, you know Sam Dolby is not physical enough for many people, particularly in a game which was so close. Why put him on? Obviously Parky has his reasons, but it's difficult for us to find that out.
2: Yeah, and and ultimately it's him that picks the team, and and you know like 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 we've talked about Dolby before, haven't we? I, I you know I'm not I'm not gonna lay in to 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 the lad. He 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 definitely has got potential. I just personally, you know, he, he's got he's definitely got potential. He's definitely got ability. My issue with him is his work rate. Now I'm not saying he's lazy, or I'm not saying he doesn't run as much as everybody else. But certainly the way he plays the game looks lethargic to me, and he, I don't feel that he presses and he runs around as much as. I would expect him to do, and certainly, you know, when you watch him play with Mullen, you know, you watch Mullen running around and harrying people and pressing people, and I just don't see that in 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 Dolby. So I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Like I say, it's not me picking the team; it's Parky. But the, the point being is is that I thought the substitutes came a little bit late, and they were just like for like. You know, there was no no variation, there was no change, there was nothing different. And this and this is what frustrates me a little bit. Um, and then, like you said, that you know, then then came the penalty. Um, and like we said, I I can totally see why the ref gave it, um, you know, definitely more, you know, kudos to the, to to Cook than, than anything else for winning it, I think. Um, but brilliant save from Arthur. Um, you know, there's not many goalkeepers that have got the, the, the leg length to be able to dive one way and then still save it with their feet.
0: (laughs) I mean, it wasn't a fantastic penalty to be fair. It was right down the middle, you know, right. Yeah, right on the floor.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a crap penalty to be fair. But I, when he said that, I I said to Dave next to us, I said I, genu- I genuinely thought th- I thought this is a key moment. This, you know, I, I, I thought we're gonna we're gonna build from here now and we're gonna go nick it. Um, and as it was, it went the other way. Um, like you said, questionable refereeing decision with that drop ball. Um, I, I, I'm not fully fait okay on what the rules are. But my understanding was it should have been a contested drop ball, not a Bradford, you know, not given back to Bradford to, to, to sort of start play from open play.
0: It's a difficult one, this one, because the, I think the rules now, because the rules have changed. I think the rules are now. It's the, it's the team that was in possession of the ball last before the referee stopped the game. I think those are now the rules. I don't think there's such a thing as contested balls anymore.
2: Yeah, and well, and that's the thing, isn't it? And and this is this is like I say, I I, I was expecting a, a contested drop ball, but but like you say, maybe they don't do that anymore. But I certainly was a bit sort of um, a bit confused about it just being given straight back to Bradford. And I mean, you are clutching at straws a little bit just because it you know it went a long way up the pitch before it went in the back of the net, but the fact that it was back at their feet was a little bit. I say strange, but you know, I don't know. Maybe the ref was right. I'm not sure. But for their, <coughs> their for their goal, um, again, this is another one of those ones where the benefit of seeing the replays. Now, I watched the replay of that goal quite a few times, and, and I have to be honest, I it felt to me, or it looked to me, again, from the from the limited angle that I could see, I think that was a foul on Elliot Lee on the edge of the box. If I'm honest. Um, I know Elliot Lee. He, he, he. Um, what's the word? He like scooches down, doesn't he? And he, he creates a very low centre of gravity to try and protect the ball. And he's and he's basically bundled off it. But it it did look a foul to me, and and but it wasn't. Referee didn't give it. Um, you know. And in fairness, you know, we you have to give credit where credit's due. Uh, as much as I don't particularly like Andy Cook, it it was a brilliant uh, turn on the edge of the box. He you know, completely um he completely did toes with a, with that bit of skill um you feel for Arthur because it was a great save from, from the initial um you know from the initial um effort and then unfortunately you know he 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 was quickest you know cook was quickest of the rebound to the rebounder to nod it in um and then you know q q uh, the crazy bradford celebrations it was a horrible time to concede a goal um but even then you know 90th minute you still thought you know cuz we how many times we've we been at rex we've, we've yeah we had six minutes
0: six minutes of extra time so yeah. I,
2: I, you know you still thought and you still hoped and everything else but when that goal went in I, you, you just knew you thought it's just one of those days um so yeah do you know what obviously i was disappointed that we lost the game lost it at home um but i tell you tell you what i, I was i was a lot less bothered about losing that game than i was against Losing against Salford the week before because against Salford we were awful, whereas at least on Saturday, certainly in that first half, we were a lot better and played a lot better. Um, it happens, you know, like like we've said we said a few times, we're not going to win every game, we're not going to win every game at home, um, and and we were we were very much done, you know, done a smash and grab job against us exactly like we did to Shrewsbury in the FA Cup. Um, you know, take it on the chin, move
0: on. Well, the final phase one game of the 2023-24 Gennaro-Adram Premier season was at The Rock, where Wrexham women met Cardiff met women. Steve Dale named four changes to the side that beat Pontypridd United the week before. Charlotte Bolland in goal for Del Morgan. Ruby Jones came in for Karen Allen alongside Erin Lovett, playing her 50th game for Wrexham. Katie Sharp and Phoebe Davis, who was also made captain. Libby McKenzie came on for Rebecca Pritchard, and Amber Lightfoot came in for Mary Gibbard alongside TJ Dickens and Lily Jones. Cara Jones and Rosie Hughes were at front. The Dragonesses knew that they could squeeze into the second spot of the league if results went their way, and they started strongly with this in mind. Nine minutes and Rosie Hughes fired a stinger to test the Cardiff Met keeper. 22 minutes and it was Amber Lightfoot's turn to test the keeper who managed to keep the shot out. Even though Cardiff Met are having a poor season by their standards, they lifted their game, causing problems for the Wrexham defence. Kilburn-Thompson was particularly dangerous, forcing an important save from Bolland. Both sides were pressing for a goal and on the 43rd minute, it was Wrexham that took the lead. Hughes at the end of a ball from Lightfoot, firing into the bottom corner of the goal to score. Wrexham women 1, Cardiff Met women 0. Hughes with her 13th goal of the season, making her top scorer of the league so far. Second half and Cardiff Met came out with grit and determination to get back into the game, which they did on the 49th minute. Kilburn Thompson broke free and shot past Bolland in goal. Wrexham women won, Cardiff Met women won. 50 minutes and the new signing Brooke Cairns came on for Libby McKenzie. Midfielder Brooke has signed a contract until the end of the season and comes from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Brooke is a capped international for England at the 16, 17 and 18 level and has been at Liverpool, Everton and women's Super League side West Ham United. Both sides now really went for it as the game became end to end. 67 minutes and Mary Gibbard came on for Katie Sharp and Rebecca Pritchard came on for Kara Jones. Eventually, on the 73rd minute, it was Cardiff Met that struck the blow. Houghton got through the Wrexham defence and fired a shot into the top corner to score. Wrexham women 1, Cardiff Met Women 2. Wrexham realised they had a fight in their hands and went all out to get an equaliser. On 81 minutes, Murray Gibbard lifted the ball over the defence for a rocket shot that beat Farrow in goal. Wrexham women 2, Cardiff Met Women 2. Wrexham tried to push for the winner in the last 10 minutes, but Cardiff Met stood firm. Wrexham finished phase one in third, ready for phase two in the next few weeks. Daz, I'm not going to ask you how the game went, as I'm sure you were watching Aberystwyth Town get the draw against TNS to secure top four, so congrats to them. Before we talk about what's to come for phase two, how surprised were you by Cardiff Met, considering the season that they've had so far? I mean, we all thought, oh, Wrexham are going to walk over this.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was an absolutely, uh, uh, you know an impressive performance in that sense. I I've, I watched the extended highlights and, and I, I thought they really did well. I thought they, you know, there were times when both sides were creating, you know, good spells. Um, and I, I, thought well if Cardiff met had played like this all season then there's no way they would have been uh as far down the division you know the league as they were so um yeah i'm not sure where that newfound spirit has come from or um whether or not they've made some acquisitions and and improved the team or or injuries of people returning from injury but no they were they were really organized there was some i mean both sides missed chances i mean that's the thing it's those mind you know fine fine margins isn't it um and uh, uh there was a couple of opportunities for both sides to you know put shots past past the post or some straight at the keeper um which is which is, I, I, is a trend that i see you know we see too too often i do think that some of the finishing on all the all the teams that rexham have been playing i think if they were a bit more uh, sharper on goal in terms of at least making the goalkeeper work a bit harder i think um uh, i think rexham would be uh, certainly um, not finding it as easy, but um, no, this is an example of where I think Cardiff Met really did put in a, a good shift, um, and and to be honest, we're un, un, unlucky to be I would say unlucky to be one 0 down when they were, um, and then when when they came back second half they they were the team that had a really good dominant spell and 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 deserved actually to be ahead at the time but you know um really really good performance in second half and then equally you have to credit Wrexham with the resilience the spirit and the tenacity to stay in the game and get that equaliser and actually yeah maybe Cardiff Met would have felt a little bit hard done by by the draw but actually probably in the end balance of play over the whole game a, a draw yeah you know you could justify it but if it was you know i would say it was more in favor of cardiff met this time around so i think wrexham uh, consider themselves a little bit fortunate but yeah no i mean you know the the, the team played well though you know in those in those spells um I mean, you, you, you had the goals that you mentioned there uh, in terms of uh, Hughes. Well, you know, we all know what Hughes can do and top scorer now. And uh, but I thought it was the, the the pass, the through ball pass from Lightfoot, who, um, which was 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 fantastic. You know, so that that was brilliant. Um, and and also in, in Gibbard's goal, it was Lovett's interception in the middle of the field that that turned that that attack from um, uh, from uh, Cardiff Met's attack into uh, a great opportunity. Yes, there was a bit of. Less successful defending from uh, Cardiff Met at that point. There was a bit of just you know uncertainty, legs being thrown and ricocheting ball. But it, you know um, Gibber took the, the 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 shot really well. Um, but then you have to look at Wrexham's defence as well.
0: Well, you say you've been saying all season, haven't you, that you that you feel that they are susceptible.
1: They are, they are. I mean, the second goal particularly, Houghton's dribble all the way through the you know the the box. I mean, you you can't let a, a a player, any player, get that much time on the ball within the, you know, the edge of the box and into the box and, and, and then a dec- I mean, she stood people down you know, they were sat down, managed to uh, you know, turn one way, turn the other way and then slot it in. I mean, it was just great from her point of view a great performance from, from, from Houghton from Cardiff Mare but Wrexham's defence can't be doing that you can't let somebody just, you know run ring, rings around you that close to the goal. So yeah, I do think there was um, Some moments there where you just think, right, that's highlighting Wrexham season. The reason why they're that little bit, um, you know, off the pace with Swansea, or well, okay, they've managed to claw that back, but but nowhere near Cardiff is that they 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 concede too many goals, um, and 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 I think that's that's going to be the challenge moving forward. I mean. You know the rock it's a great ground and clearly as a fortress for you know for the team that was that was that now that's that was only the third team that had managed to get any kind of points out mm. of wrexham at yep. the rock so
0: two draws one loss in the league yeah, yeah
1: and and that loss being against cardiff well let's let's just just write that off you know as, as a you know probable and so only two other draws and they were against swansea
0: swansea and then
1: this game so it just seems yeah. odd that this game should be the one that that generated that drop point so um but um, yeah, no good support, you know, um, I, I I did like um, Kara Jones was pushing through from midfield into attacking, you know, and, and was driving into the defense um, and took a couple of sort of slightly selfish attempts at gold and perhaps one of them out of the two, I definitely think a ball across the goal mouth and you've got a Rosie who's waiting to poach. Um, I think there were some choices made. Um, that but but if you're you know, if you're a confident striker and you think you've got a chance at it, then then you know it goes in, nobody complains. But it's that extra pass sometimes is um is what's needed. But no, I think all round really um it looked like an entertaining game. Let's say I watched the extended highlights, of, you know, I know I, I gathered the whole game was pretty much at that pace and it was really good, um, you know entertaining to watch because it was end to end or there was moments at both ends so we say um and you know that made for a really entertaining final game of, of the of the of the that first part of the regular season so um yeah you, you've got to credit Wrexham having come up promotion to get themselves such a brilliant uh run, run of you know run of of of, of wins and and results to get give, give themselves this third place in their first season you know in this in this level um yeah Well done, I not mean, you've got you know hats off to them but you know um there's a a, ni- a nice nice set of uh, games ahead I hope now with uh, with a certain avarice within the mix and, uh, and 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 I just want to say you know um to uh to the Aberystwyth uh, avarice town you know getting fourth place I don't think and so for some people outside of Aberystwyth that don't rec- will, will not know how significant that is with the bunch of 16 16- 17 year olds as much as they are with a couple of senior heads in there they have done so well and as we mentioned last the other week um change of management um what i hadn't realized is um uh the new manager gary uh, gary lewis was um he, i used we used to sit behind each other in school um um he's been abrasive town through and through and penrick and penrick and, and he's penrick cork manager as well i mean he's he's and and I just, I just thought, you know, it, it's nice, you know, he's absolutely passionate about the women's game there. He's, the way he talked about the game and stuff. So congratulations to Gary taking over. And I take a little bit back about Gavin Allen. Apparently he was there supporting the girls still as much. So as much as he, he he's felt that he was conflicted with his interests with Um uh, then you know fair play, but um, no three three against TNS. What I mean that wasn't that was that was amazing. it. I, I
0: mean I watched that game. It was cracking great. Ebbs on comms, which was I'm, I'm sure he loved being back at home for a little bit. And um, you know it was uh, it was a great game, a great game, and a great advert for the sport, which is you know, all you can ask as a, as a as somebody who's a neutral. Is to just see a good game of football, and by gum, well, that was a great game of football.
1: Yeah, and some great goals, um, some really, really, and, and a decent crowd, which, which you know the women's game needs to get in order to try and you know develop an interest. So, yeah, no, I think I think now you know if you're looking ahead at the next set of games, obviously you know Wrexham has got a um, a cup game. In between, but um, you know, the next phase is a bit of a gap. But um, no, I mean, I think Wrexham, obviously, we've talked about Cardiff, we've talked about Swansea, but to have Aberystwyth in that mix, I just think, yeah, it's going to be really, really exciting. Well, but, don't forget, yeah. so
0: sort of Aberystwyth, Aberystwyth is still in the Adron Trophy. They've got fell Heli, haven't they, just still to play? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, so yeah, they, yeah absolutely. They've got a cup game as well, so yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, Jamie, congrats then to Cardiff, Swansea, Wrexham, and Aberystwyth Town for making it into the top four. Not a mean feat, to say the least. The fixtures are out on today as we broadcast on Friday 15th of February at 10am and we'll, the actual Phase 2 will start on Sunday the 10th of March with 6 games, 3 homes, 3 aways for Wrexham coming up. Currently the league looks like this. Cardiff City in first with 37 points, Swansea City in second with 32 points, Wrexham in third with 29 points, and Abras with Town in fourth with 17 points. What are you expecting from Wrexham for these 6 games? I mean, we're fairly safe in third, touching distance of second 9 points from the top. What would you kind of be happy with right now?
2: I think you you you've got. I think we've already said it before, haven't we? I think the season has been a success already, just just by getting into this the top half in the in this first phase. You know, given where they've come from, um, I, you've got can you've got to consider that a success. Um. My my gut feeling is um my gut feeling is is third is pro- probably where they'll finish. But um, I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll do everything and, and uh, that they can to to try and, you know, obviously get beat uh, beat Swansea to second and and you know whilst it's still mathematically possible, then 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 why not, you know? I I suppose if you take take this sort of little break now as an opportunity to do a bit of a reset, um, you know, we've like, like we've talked about, we've brought in um, a couple of new signings, um, which you know hopefully will 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 help bolster the bolster the team um you know Rosie Hughes is back after injury and is you know back to doing what she she does best banging in goals I mean her goal on excuse me on Sunday was was brilliant another brilliant finish from her um so so for for, for me I, I I don't I don't think there should be any expectation on 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 them I think what they've already achieved this season is is beyond probably what, what was expected of them. So I think any from anything from here is a bonus. I think you'd have to you'd have to look at it and say, you know, if top top three, you know, third being the 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 minimum really is, is where you would probably expect if you if you're trying to put a label on it.
0: I mean Daz, as, as you said, you know, please, I'm so pleased for a with as you are get the fourth spot. And that really makes them dark horses in this four because they could really upset some of the form book. I mean Wrexham obviously have signed Liv Fuller and Brooke Cairns as we said earlier. Wrexham have also signed Cymru under 17 international national midfielder Annie Small from the FAW Girls Academy North until the end of the season. So that's three players that Wrexham have brought in. Swansea proved on Sunday that Cardiff aren't invincible, finally, after a 1-0 win at Cardiff as well, which is no mean feat. I mean... With that, Aberystwyth in the mix could really upset the apple cart. I mean, what kind of an end of season are you expecting from these four clubs?
1: I think uh, I think we can always predict uh, Cardiff to put out strong teams, attack and utilise their strength and pace. I mean, I think that's a given, and you know, great quality crosses and things like that. So they've they've got a really well structured team and they know how to play together, um, and the results are proving really well. Um, uh, I think Wrexham's new additions, I mean, that's that's all, uh, n- obviously, it's all new. They've got to start to bed them in. Um, hopefully, it'll absolutely, it looks like they can only improve the team, which is great. More choice, um, some clear talent and experience. There's a bit of experience in there as well in terms of um, having, uh, getting some former, you know, WSL players in. It always changes the, you know, that 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 dressing room, that mentality. Especially um uh, after losing um uh I can't pronounce her surname, but the um the the Wrexham defender that's retired from injury, uh Kerriacopolis Apocopolis. yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh you know, you 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 you, you need that just call her uh, Hannah.
0: I'm sure she'd hate being called Kerry Coppolis anyway. Just call her yeah,
1: Hannah. I know. I, 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 respectfully I tried. I um, <laughs> um but it you know, losing some wisdom and experience in the dressing room, I think that's just you know, that's the bit that gets you sometimes over the line that you you know, pace youth, exuberance, energy and all of that is one thing, but sometimes you need a bit of nouse and a bit of uh, know-how and to hope you know, hopefully for Rexham's point of view that, that that will be what you've got there. And then of course you've got youth as well. Um and and so that's that's gonna be interesting to see if she's you know i know it's alone till the end of the season but if she does well then what happens after that so yeah it's it's going to be it's good for them i think answering your first question about abriss and what impact they can have i mean we we've seen abriss take points off cardiff city um we've seen them run other teams close um the fact that you know we're only on 16 points um um we're so far off you know um the the, the pace shall we say of the other three i, I think it's we we I, I do see Aberystwyth having a say on where those places go. I think it's down to the fact that who, how, uh, how many goals you, anybody can put past Aberystwyth, or whether or not Aberystwyth can get those draws or steal those wins. But I do think there'll be quite a few draws at Aberystwyth, and it's just whether or not the the other three can get. Um, get the wins rather than the draws against Aberystwyth because Aberystwyth are a really organized team really well drilled um and and um but uh, but equally they're youthful um naivety means they just go for it so, and and when they attack they're really you know they they've got they've got um options and they've managed to score goals um against teams um you know when you when you thought that they were out of the game so i do think they've got potential but not many people score against abris but they say the average total number of goals in the season is probably what made it a struggle uh, and i think abris need to improve on that but if, but if they can improve their finishing um this then or get another i can't see how i can you know could have got another striker but that's what they're missing um But, uh, no, you know, let's see. I think it's a free hit now. You know, Um, I was listening to Gary talking about it in an interview, and he was saying, like, they're the underdogs. They've absolutely got no right to be there, and they've got no right, given right, to win any game. So, it, why not go for it? Um, every other team is expected to beat Arisworth, and and that, and if they don't, it'll be a, um, it'll be a failure for them. So Arisworth's got nothing to lose, and that's that sounds quite exciting, really, knowing that there's nothing to lose and there's no relegation at the end of it. Well,
0: Wrexham were back on the road on Tuesday to South London
1: to take on Sutton United,
0: in an important game for the Dragons following four straight defeats. Phil Parkinson made four changes, moving O'Connell to the centre and bringing in Max Cleworth and Will Boyle in for Hayden and Tozer. Luke Bolton started in place of Barnett on the right wing and Jack Marriott started in place of Paul Mullin up front. Wrexham's away form was under the microscope for this one and Sutton wanted to put Wrexham under pressure early to test them. The weather was playing its usual part in making a sticky pitch part of the narrative and initially neither side could grab hold of the game. It was 11 minutes before Sutton had their first meaningful chance. Patrick Schott and Harry Smith on the rebound both tested a Quanquo, who stood up well to the challenge. Sutton also hit the crossbar directly from a corner, testing a concord with the set-piece. The game was low on chances with Wrexham's first meaningful charge, not until the 27th minute. Marriott latching on to a through ball from McLean, who was captain for the evening, only for his shot to drift wide of the post. Sutton continued to pile on the pressure and looked like they were going to take the lead, only for Wrexham in first half stoppage time to grab a goal. Bolton, with some deft footwork, played the ball into the Sutton box. Finding Fletcher, he dinked the ball to Will Boyle, who shot the ball into the bottom corner. Sutton United nil, Wrexham one. Quite a response from a player who'd been under the gun from many Wrexham fans in recent weeks. Second half and Sutton lifted their energy levels, almost equalising straight away. Adam Malarkey would hit a stinger into the far corner of the Wrexham goal. A Oconquill managed to tip it onto the bar, but then it dropped right in front of the goal and Wrexham had to scramble a defence to clear it before Sutton could tap it in. Fifty minutes and Sutton had a very credible claim for handball as it seemed to strike McLean on the arm, but the referee waved away the appeals by an infuriated Sutton. Sixty-four minutes and George Evans went down holding his upper thigh and was replaced by Luke Young, making his first appearance for Wrexham since December. 72 minutes and Paul Mullin and Ollie Palmer were brought on for Fletcher and Marriott as Wrexham trying to find that away win. However, it was Sutton equalised on 76 minutes. Elliot Lee gave away a free kick right on the edge in the air of the area in the centre. Larkin stepped up and hit a free kick that from some angles looked as if it was going wide. However, it hit O'Connell on the edge of the wall who deflected it past the Conquo who was wrong-footed following the travel of the ball. Sutton United won, Wrexham won. Sutton had played well above their league position and Wrexham knew they'd have a fight on their hands to win this one. Mullin nearly put Wrexham in the lead following a Wrexham free kick as his return ball hit the crossbar but was cleared. Some great interplay with McLean, Palmer and Bolton set up a Palmer shot that was saved. Eventually, due to some good fortune, Wrexham would achieve that. Bolton managed to hit a through ball with with his shin of all things, finding Lee on the right-hand side of the box. He had been having a poor game by his standards, but when needed, he stepped up, hit a tight shot and on an 85 minutes, scored to put Wrexham back in the lead. Sutton United 1, Wrexham 2. 87 minutes and Mendy came on for Bolton, showing up with defence on the right wing. Lee almost put the game to bed. A Wrexham break from their box, Cannon onto Mullin, who squared the ball to an open Lee, but he couldn't get the ball past the Sutton keeper. Wrexham, however, managed to see the game out and break the losing streak they were on, sending the 933 Wrexham fans home happy and making Sutton United the first team this season we've done the double over. Wrexham finished the week fourth in League Two with 55 points, two points behind Crewe in third but with two games in hand and six points behind Stockport at the top with one game in hand. Jamie, a dirty, ugly Wrexham win. What did you make of this game?
2: It was a painful watch because I was nursing a migraine at the time, um, so it was uh, it was it was hard trying to concentrate on the screen. Have you been
0: smashing your face against the br- the windows again? Is that what it is?
2: I've been uh, I've been ill these last few days. so I've had a bad chest and uh, migraines, and uh, and you you know what it's like. It's like. Anything that a man gets, it's like ten times worse than any time a woman gets it. So uh, whereas the missus says, "Just crack on," I'm dying on the sofa. So uh...
1: it depends how strong the booze was the night before. That's all. No,
2: no, 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 no booze, <clears throat> no booze. I to be fair, the, the um, I I felt rough when we got back from the Bradford game on Saturday night. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it wasn't. I think the 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 most important thing about this game was. It was always about the result, wasn't it? You know, a because of what had happened against Bradford the Saturday before, the fact that that was the you know the fourth defeat on the on the, on the bounce or third league defeat on the bounce for you taking that cup game. Um, as we've talked about at length, you know, our, our away form is is has been has been our Achilles heel this this year. Um, so going away from home on a Tuesday night a long way from home on a Tuesday night. Um, terrible conditions, which I know, you know, is is, is the same for both teams, but it's worth, it's worth calling out because the bottom line is, is that when the conditions were like they were, you know, wet and windy and a crap pitch, it's going to have an impact on the quality of football that both teams can play. Um, but yeah, it, it, for, for me, it, it was, it was never about the performance. It was just about the result. Um, and, and, Exactly like you just said, it was it was an ugly win, but it was a win, and, and that was the most important thing. I mean, the, the 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 quality of football that we that we'd seen in that first half against Bradford on Saturday, you know, wasn't there. We we struggled to we struggled to to, to pass the the ball around. Um, you know, we quite quickly resorted to those long balls up front again, which maybe was a deliberate tactic because obviously, like you said, um, Jack Marriott came in, um, and I think we got a glimpse of. What he could potentially offer us, uh, you know, which is that, quite he's quick, isn't he? You know, um, I, I didn't when I saw him on um, when I saw him in the flesh on Saturday when he came on against Bradford. My my first thought was Christ, he's small, um, you know. I I knew he, I knew he you know, he wasn't a Fletcher or a Palmer size, but I didn't quite think he was as, as slight as he was. He's he's I thought Billy Waters had come on at one point. Um, <laughs> he, he's he's small, but but he's but he's quick. You know he, he, he is very quick. fast. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I, I can see, you could see against Sutton what potentially how he's potentially going to be utilized. And I think if we can if we're going to come across a team like, you know, like Knotts County were last season, I'll, I I won't say it now because obviously they have had a change of manager. So I don't know whether he's changed their playing style. But if you if you imagine if you you know we were having this conversation a few weeks ago, weren't we? And we talked about I think we were talking about referees at the time. And, and and um you know Palmer getting caught offside because of notts county's ridiculously high line last year but if you imagine if Marriott was playing in that game i think he would have you know a he would have potentially timed his runs better and b he would have certainly would have had the pace to get in behind it and i think that's that's w- w- what we've been crying out for certainly what i've been crying out for is some pace and the additions we've made to the squad it looks like we've added some pace so so that's good um but yeah the the football that we saw in that Sutton game wasn't particularly pretty. You know, say we struggled to to string the ball together. They were a very difficult team to break down. You know, we we said it when we played them at home. I mean, we we only won that game by the skin of our teeth. You know, Elliot with a goal uh, right at the end again. Um, and they were difficult to break down that night. So, they they I I don't think their from what I've seen of them this season. That's twice now I've seen them. I don't think their league position is particularly a fair representation of how. Decent side they are. I thought they were a lot better than their league position suggests.
0: Be getting a lot of draws. Looking at it, I think that's probably their main problem.
2: You've got to remember that only a couple of weeks ago they held Mansfield to a draw. Well, Mansfield tonked Harrogate nine-two in the week, so you know they're they're no mugs. So, um, yeah, I, like I say, I'm I'm you know, I'm just trying to give a little bit of credit to to Sutton really because like I say, I, th- I thought they were they were not 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 a side you you would expect to come up against given their league position. Um, but yeah, like I say, both both teams struggled with the the conditions and everything else. Um, I think they definitely had the better chances in that first half. Uh, you know, Arthur had to make a couple of good saves. Like you say, they hit the they hit the bar from a corner, which it looks like now. Obviously, with with what happened against uh, Salford and and them scoring direct from a corner, it looks like now you know any any team coming up against us worth worth assault is going to have researched that and and. I think that's something Arthur's going to have to get used to now. Is having balls literally put, you know, under his bar, corner corners put under his bar because I think that's what opposition teams will do now. So, you know, it's going, that's going to be a test for him in the, in the next few weeks. Um, but you know, he, to be fair, he, he made uh, he did make some good saves in that game again. Um, you know, very very much reminded us of of, of how much of a, of a diamond we've got there. Um, but like you say, you know, it was uh, it was. Uh, you know Will Boyle back in the team. Um, it, it was an interesting. It was interesting to see him back in the team. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily. Um, you know, I, I know when he got sent off against Newport a few weeks ago, and obviously when he's played to date, he's not exactly set the world on fire. You know, again talking about the sort of social media uh, craziness that we read. You know, I, I'd I'd seen. Or red. Some people suggesting, you know, like you know, we'll never see him in a Wrexham shirt again. I didn't ever buy into that. To be fair, I, I thought that was a bit premature. But um, I didn't necessarily expect to see him back on um, uh, on Tuesday night against Sutton. But in he came. And to be honest with you, I think again, you know, trying to be give credit to to, to Parker. You know, we've been, I've been critical. Several people have been critical a little bit of, of some of his selections recently. But that was, I think, that was a good move because. Um, the physicality that we were up against um, with their main striker was very similar to the guy from Salford, who Matt Smith, who, who dominated us a couple of weeks ago. He he was in the same bracket, and that's what Boyle is, isn't he? You know, I, I've said before, he's he's your old fashioned bruising centre back. You know, he'll put his body where it needs to go to block the ball. Is he is he the best with the ball at his feet? No, he's not. Um, I had to
0: laugh at all the people calling him "50p head" because the
2: fact that every time he headed something, it would always go in the wrong
0: direction.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but he, but like like I say, he he uh, he he is a. If you've got a big bruising centre forward, that's kind of who you want up against him, isn't it? Because he, he is that. He's an old school. He's an old school centre back, and to be fair to him, like I say, I, I think you know as Rexham fans. If we've we've been critical of him in recent weeks, and probably rightly so, I think you know he definitely, considering he's come to us from a championship club, he definitely hasn't performed like a championship player. So I think the criticism that's been levelled at him mostly has probably been fair. But in in fair to be fair to him, he he had a really good game against Sutton. You know, everything he was asked to do, he did it. Um, you know he won a lot of headers albeit maybe they didn't go in the right direction <laughs> but he won the headers um, there were pictures you know, of he... Crichton
0: all over social media which just made <laughs> me laugh because <laughs> I mean that's the best way though isn't it though to answer your critics that is the best way to answer your critics play well head everything score a goal
2: yeah and, and to be fair listening to Parkey's interview after the game as well he he um, he called out Will Boyle didn't he and he, and he said you know he's He's been working hard in training. He's been doing extra training to to stay sharp and and basically just sort of uh, complimenting how good his attitude's been. And that's what you want to hear, isn't it? You want to hear about you know a player that's maybe not but been been having the best of times when he's had a chance, but knuckling down and trying to to turn it around. And that's what you want. And then you know he again, like you say he scored. He he scored a few important goals for us this season. Um, I mean, the, the the one against Sutton was. You know, he channeled. Is in a Gary Bennett, didn't he? You know, inside the six-yard box and and turned it in. I don't think he knew much, an awful lot about it, but it was a, it was a sleek little finish into the bottom corner. And pff, hey, look, you, you know, he, he was in the right place at the right time, and and he's put the ball in the back of the net. And, and fair play. and like you say, that's the best way to answer your critics, isn't it? Is to when you're given the opportunities to 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 play play well, score a goal, uh, not get sent off. Job's a good one. Um, so yeah fair fair play to him um i think then you know as as we as we then went through through the the rest of the game you know the, the the um the quality didn't really get much better um you know i i i made the notes i made around the game because there wasn't there wasn't massive amounts of 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 um you know great you know a lot of great football to watch it was more around sort of individual either performances or or incidents i mean you mentioned the McLean, um the handball um it was a handball all day long um you know you 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 can argue as much as you want and say but his hand was in an actual position if that if, if 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 that was against us we'd have been screaming for a penalty you know his hand was well out of his body and okay he didn't push his hand towards the ball but his hand stopped the ball coming in that for me that was a stonewall penalty so i think we massively got away with one there um it was nice, nice, you know, nice to see McLean get given the captain's armband. You know, um, whilst I, I don't think he's necessarily been. He's been steady for us, and he's had some good games and some good moments. I don't think he's been as good as some um, seem to suggest he, he has been. But I'd certainly, he's definitely been a great addition to to the squad. And I think what he has been is he's been consistent. He's been consistently there. Um, and and he he puts a shift in, um, so it was nice to see him go get get the captain's armband. The two new boys, um, you know, we, you asked me before about Marriott and Bolton. Obviously, we got we got a much better look at them in this game. Um, interesting, you know, the the Jack Marriott one is is interesting because. I think I said on here, didn't I, when we signed him? I, I my my thought was I didn't think we'd sign a player of that caliber for him to be sitting on the bench. But from from a from what we've seen so far, and B from what Parkey said again in his interview after, it seems to suggest that he's been bought as a you know a mullin mark too, and he, and he will share the load with with Moles rather than necessarily playing them together. Um, which I'm not saying is is, is wrong. Uh, it just surprised me a little bit. I. I Though I didn't think he would he he would be that sort of character that he'd be happy with that role to be honest, but you know if that's what that's what he's been told he's gonna be then then great. But certainly what we saw of him against Sutton, there's promise there, isn't there? I mean he had one big chance which he pulled wide slightly, um, but he, there's definitely potential there to, to certainly to be playing on the shoulder. My only slight concern is. I, I don't want that to be used as a, you know, hoof the ball, just constantly hoofing the ball forward from back to front, um you know, because at the minute we do that an awful lot, aiming for the big target man, and sometimes they win it, sometimes they don't, but, it, you know, a lot of the time it doesn't stick up front. Mullin isn't going to win the ball in the air. Jack Marriott certainly isn't going to win the ball in the air. And if the ball over the top is precise and there's room to run into, happy days, but teams will figure that out very quickly and that's not going to be a that's not going to be a tactic we can um, you know we can we can use but it, it's it's interesting that we've now got some genuine pace up top so it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out uh, and then uh, Luke Bolton I, I'm I'm quite fascinated by that whole right wing back area now because we've got obviously take Ford out of the equation for now because obviously he's not registered he's in, injured or we think he's injured so we've now got Barnett and, and Bolton as our right wing-back options. And what I find quite fascinating about it is up until we signed Bolton and have seen him play, I would have said Barney was you know a much better offensive right wing-back than he was defensively. But of the two of them, I think Barney's better defensively. I'm not saying he's, he's an out-and-out right-back, but he's better defensively. I'm not convinced about uh, Luke Bolton as a defender, and I still think there's some question marks over his end product, but what he has got is absolute lightning pace. I mean, <clears throat> there was one, there was one move, I think it was in that second half where he literally from a standing start went from naught to hundred miles an hour in a split second. it was like, as if he just pressed, you know, turn the afterburners on. So he's, he's, you know, absolutely got oodles of pace. Um, but it, It'll be interesting again, it'll just be really interesting to see how Parker uses the two of them because I think I think offensively they're quite similar. Um but from what I've seen, I've seen Bolton play one game really. You know, I know he had a cameo against Salford and against Bradford, but it was only a cameo, but that, that he played on against Sutton. I I'm not overly convinced about him defensively. Um but that's you know, it's just just my opinion. Um and then, like you say, the you know they all we were one up, they got they got their goal back or they got a goal back, which um was just a fluke, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was just a fluke, uh, deflected free kick. Um, my concern is that Lee
0: gave away the free kick in that position. and I've seen him do that at least three times now this season, giving away free kicks in very vulnerable positions, and two of those three have resulted in goals. I mean, is that? I mean, Lee played awful. I mean, apart from the goal, he was terrible.
2: This, well, there's 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 two questions there. What well, so one one is 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 a concern that you know Lee giving away the, the free kick. Um, yeah, yes, of course, it's a concern because you don't want to be giving away free kicks in dangerous positions right on the edge of your box because, you know, as we've seen, uh, it, it, you know, in this league, that there are some, um, there are some phenomenal, um, free kick takers in, in this league, and like you say, we've been punished a couple of times. In in a weird way, there's part of me that. Is not too concerned about it because if they're giving away the free kick, what that's telling me is is that they're pressing the ball, and that's something that I don't think we do enough of. I, I've I've been critical, uh, you know, a few times when we've when we've reviewed games about the the lack of pressure we put on the ball when it's in danger, you know, in the, in, in the final third. I think more often than not we stand off and we allow balls to be crossed in or passed, and and you know I think we've conceded far more goals by not pressing. Than we have by pressing outside the rules and giving away a free kick. Does that makes sense, um. You know, for for the, for me personally, so I, I get what you're saying, and, and you're right. Um, and it's you know they've got to be careful, but um, I'd rather them be pressing and trying to win the ball back than than letting the player have a complete free run at it. In regards to Elliot Lee, you know, you asked, the, you, know, you said he 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 was awful. Um, you you're not, you know, you. you, you it's hard to argue with you. You know, he he. I think the the problem that you've got is he set the bar so high in that first part of the season with how good he was game in game out for what the first 15 games 20 games of the season or whatever it was he he set the bar so ridiculously high it, it, you know he he was never going to maintain that level of performance for the whole season um, and and I think that's part of the problem is he's he's set the bar so high for himself that now if now his performances have dropped off a little bit i mean what hasn't dropped off is is his work rate and his and his attitude you know absolutely are are still like they've always been you know uh, you, you know nobody can criticize can criticize that but i think his his um his lack of form i don't think is a i don't think it's a coincidence that we as a team have not been playing as well in recent games. That I think it coincides with his lack of form because he is our he is our spark, and I think if he's not playing at his best, it has an impact on on the whole team. However, a because of his work rate and b because of what he did in the last you know toward the end of that game, that's why Parky keeps picking him because even though he had a poor game and he's been playing probably poorly by his standards. He is capable, isn't he, of that that one moment, and that's why, you know, that's why he's still getting picked. Um, you know, you know, but I I don't disagree with you. He he didn't have a great game, um, and he's not been playing particularly well for for a few weeks. I mean, you know, Mullin was given a rest. Marriott came in. I think Elliot Lee falls into that same bracket. I think he probably would benefit from from a from a you know a week on the bench, but who you bring in instead of him? With the greatest respect, you know, I don't know what Jordan's fitness levels are like, but I'm not, I'm not convinced as much as everybody seems to think. Jordan Davis is 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 the the squad replacement for Elliot Lee. I think if push came to shove, he would be, but if you had both fit in front of you, is he? I think he's a different type of player. If I'm honest, um, so I. I, it's, a, it's a tricky one, but but to me, I think he would benefit from from a from a rest. But uh, you know, he's, he's he's not he's not getting it. Um, and then you know, obviously, he he, he made made changes again. Uh, you know, Mullen and Palmer came on, which is not a bad pairing to bring on bring on off the bench, is it? Um, and both of them looked. You know, they looked.
0: They were hung. I mean, they they. I mean, Parky. It's interesting. In the end, Parky. Two things were very noticeable. One, the footage of Parky well hugging the players at the end the relief that obviously he had was incredible because he was properly you know congratulating them and secondly he said in his interview that both Mullen and palmer at the end were blowing hard they had put 10 15 minutes of really hard grafting uh, because they realized how important this game was
2: yeah they they absolutely they did um and and i think you know they they they've given you know probably given parky a good headache to have because i think obviously you know this time last year and and around this time last year you know that that was that was the 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 strike pair that was the number one choice wasn't it um and i think it's given him you know it's a good time it's a good time to be in a situation where both of those are chomping at the bit to be to be back at it again um so it'll be interesting to see who who starts on on saturday um but you know look they they came on and they they had an impact on the game which is what they came on you know what the, what they were give what they were asked to do you obviously molin hit the bar didn't he um uh, towards towards the end of the game um but the good thing was is that you know from when they came on for the last 15 20 minutes is we 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 dialed it up a notch you know we we pushed and we tried to apply pressure and although we didn't necessarily create a load of chances we were pressing and we were probing and we were we were we were um we were attacking rather than sitting off and then you know we we got that that second crucial second goal that winning goal um interesting it was a, the the commentary uh, a commentary that was um, uh, over over the, the the I follow game uh I forget who it was who was commentating but said oh it was a, it was a good um, disguised pass from from bolton it looked like a miss hit to me but it I, was again, so he
0: hit his shin yeah if you look at it carefully enough he basically shinned it
2: yeah, I was going to say from from the camera angle I saw it looked like a complete fluke, but um, uh, at the end of the day, looked the ball found its way to <clears throat> to Lee's feet and and hats off to him. You know, he he had to get the job done, didn't he? And and it was uh, it was a it was a it was a cute you know it was a cute accurate little finish. But yeah, for 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 me, it wasn't a great performance, um, but it didn't matter. It it was all about. The win, getting the three points, and and break, a breaking the the, the the losing run, um, b getting a win away from home, um, and and c hopefully giving giving the lads a you know a little bit of a boost ahead of what is you know a, a tricky um, few weeks coming up. Um, I think the only one major sort of concern coming out of that game is is George Evans going off injured, which is not I've not read anything since. But I mean, again, in Parky's interview after he said it was a tight glute um or glutes or something. Um they're gonna assess it and everything else. Now hopefully that's just a you know, it's just a muscle injury that can be can be, you know, help with a bit of treatment. But as as um <clears throat> obviously Luke Young came on for him and it was great to see Youngie back out on the pitch. Um
0: who well, I thought he did incredibly well. I mean for somebody who's been sitting on the sidelines and many people have written him off saying oh that's it, his days are done. For him to come out and put in the performance I thought was, was very, 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 very good
2: yeah it it's a testament to his professionalism isn't it he's he's you know he's he's had a tough time you know when you think about his history at Wrexham and and what he's contributed and then if you think about the last sort of 12 months in particular he, he it has been a tough watch uh, you know as as a fan to watch and to see your club captain and somebody that's been has had such a um such a contribution in in the last 10 years to 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 be you know uh, struggling like he has been, and, and to be left out of the not only the team but the match day squad an awful lot. And it's been a tough watch. But you know, what seems to be looking from the outside in is he's remained the, the utmost professional uh, and he's got on with his job and he's done what has been asked of him. And then when he's needed to be called upon, he's been there. And like you say, he came on and he he, he did well. And you know, look, if George is out for a bit, then I, I wouldn't have any hesitation. I, I think, I still think, if, if subject to fitness, it would be. James Jones that would probably replace Evans as a, as a first but um, I I don't think um, I wouldn't have a particularly particular issue if it was young like I say it wasn't about the um, it wasn't about the, the performance it was about the result and, and that was the most important thing getting the result we got the three points um and it, it was crucial because we, we have got a tough couple of weeks coming up now.
1: Against the bottom team of the league. I mean, I think that's that's the tricky bit, isn't it? Is that, you know, th- this was a game you are supposed to have won. And, and I know you gave credit to them based on the fact that they played better than a team in that position. But... As much as they've drawn a lot, they have conceded lots of goals as well. I mean, you know, no more n- more than anybody else.
0: But this, hang on a second, does this league is stirring up anomalies the Shop Forest Green won on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, that's what I think my point is. Yeah, that's I think that's what my point is. Is that it's 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 a funny. It's it's hard for us, I mean, certainly for me, who doesn't follow week in week out, watch every game, and, and you know, um, I watch the um, you know the the. Um, you know, the highlights program that's on on the weekends and stuff and watch all the goals as much as, you know, but they only show goals. So you don't really get a sense of how the the games uh, pan out, really. Um, No, I was just saying, you know, as a team that's, you know, at the bottom, struggling, clearly... uh were were better and 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 I thought well you know fair play but you know it it does make it interesting to see like you know where where are the weaknesses then where are the teams that are going to be struggling because if if Wrexham is going to be one of those with their away form then you know how how this was a you know this was a, a good um turning point hopefully to try and sort of undo that that uh that slide that you're on
2: it does feel like uh, february is is definitely going to be a defining month of the season when you look when you think about where 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 we're at in the league how close it is uh, in and around that that top 7 or 8 um and the game you know the, the form we're in which which is okay we we beat Sutton but but it wasn't it wasn't a spectacular win by any stretch and, and we're not in great form we haven't been playing particularly well and we've got, you know, we've got some t- like, we've got some bloody tough games coming up. I, I do feel the more, the more that, that 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 this sort of month creeps away, I do think this by the end of this month it could be quite defining. <laughs>
0: Well, time to discuss now some Cymru news as we haven't chatted about the national sides for f- quite a while. First up, under 17 women had two friendlies last week out in Belgium. The first was on Thursday versus the hosts Belgium, where Cymru lost 1 0 to a Caddy Rogers' own goal. On Sunday, Cymru met the Czech Republic and won 3 2, goals from Elena Cole and 2 from Anya Denham. These matches are a warm up before their under 17 UEFA qualifiers versus Sweden, Norway, and Switzerland next month. Women's under 19s have a double header of friendlies versus Scotland on the 21st and 24th of this month behind closed doors at Colliers Park in Wrexham. And these are warm up games before their qualifiers in April versus Lithuania, Moldova, and Macedonia does two very important games against a really tough opposition that are Scotland.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. And and with all all the uh yeah, I think it's nice just bringing the camp, the teams together, getting the camp sorted, and and as warm ups, we you know we were just talking about the under seventeens. You know, it's 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 vital that you get these opportunities to play against decent sides um, before um, the, you know the, the the games that matter really. Um, but uh, no, decent de- decent decent opposition as well. I think that's where sometimes in the past we've um, played against teams that um, we were expected to win or maybe just too good or whatever but no it's absolutely pitch that correct and i think that's really going to set them up then um for, for 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 the games coming
0: and Cymru Senior Women have announced their squad for the upcoming friendly versus Republic of Ireland away on the 27th of February. Interim head coach John Gray has named 26 players, with five players receiving first caps, including Tiana Taysar from Bristol City Cardiff City Ladies, Olivia Francis, and Maisie Davis, both from Manchester United. And all three of these, as Daz said, are from the current under 19 setup and will join the senior squad once they've played the under 19 games. Lois Joel from London City Lionesses and Tigue mcgowan from charlton athletic also receive a first cap kaylee barton plays her first game since getting married and changing her name from green so the full squad olivia clark safia middleton patel laura o'sullivan rihanna roberts josie green hayley ladd Gemma evans charlie s Gore, ella powell lily woodham sophie ingle alice griffiths and hara james lois joel rachel rowe fion morgan jess fishlock kerry holland Carrie Jones, Kaylee Barton, Lise Hughes, Mary McAteer, Tegan McGowan, Tiana Tesa, Olivia Francis and Maisie Davis. Does any surprises for you on that list? I mean, great that Helen Ward has joined the coaching. I mean, that we do have to talk about, certainly.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to mention that. I think you know the idea that you know we I I, I joked about. It. I wasn't too sure who John Gray was. So I've read up a little bit more about him and his setup with with the international side and it's obviously previously of Swansea and places like that. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's, it's it's good that Helen Ward, who's only just passed uh, her badges, I think, in terms of way for coaching. But um, what a, a brilliant uh, addition to that uh, that camp in terms of inspiring this young these young players.
0: Well she's got a mix in because she's also got a foot in the camp with the older heads the likes of you know Ra- Rachel Jess Fishlock people like that who remember her when she was a player.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean obviously she can she can be that that uh, that supportive shoulder and, and advisory sort of a you know role in terms of with the youth, but then also be able to you know hopefully just keep the others on track and remind them of what they're doing and why they're there. Uh, because I say we're making it sound like Helen will retired like 20 years ago. It's you know it's it's it, it's it's matter of games only games ago really. It wasn't that long ago. And but you know when you've got the, you know the record goal scorer. Uh, it, that that's just kudos, you know. That that's that's just a a, a, um, um, a, a credit in terms of uh, any CV that you, you you think that the youngsters would want to learn from, uh, admire, you know, aspire to be the same as. And um, you know, great great to have her on board. And and you know, this it'll be interesting to see if if she will remain with the team once once the head coach is permanently appointed, um, whether it's. John Gray that gets the job because he's he's not ruling himself out at the no, moment. No, no, he's, he's put his hat um, in
0: the ring, isn't he? Apparently.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, and 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 of course, the, these games are going to be crucial for that that uh, that process. I would have thought. Um, uh, if he gets some great results here, then. Then, then the question will have to be asked. But um, no, I, I think uh, as a squad, interesting to see the youngsters, um, particularly you know those those additions you mentioned there, like uh, Olivia Francis and Maisie Davis. Uh, I mean, Maisie Davis is like seventeen. Was paying for Ponte Pri- You know, we're talking. We've been talking about we've been talking about the Genaro division. You know, the um, Genaro League uh, as as a you know miles away from the you know the the Women's Super League, and yet we've got players that were literally playing in it a season or two ago. Who okay, been snapped up and playing at Manchester United uh, or other clubs uh, similar, but, you know, Maisie's at Manchester, um, Manchester United and is now getting a call-up to the national side. So those players that are playing uh, in the in the Welsh League, uh, you know, there's a lot of them who could potentially, you know, make that transition really quickly. Uh, we've just got to make sure we keep supporting them. But, you um, I think it's it's great to see you know the the fitness of all the uh, the the regulars all the usuals all the names that you'd hope to be there um, in terms of Sophie Engel or or Jess they're, they're fit by the looks of things there's no reason to worry about that um, and uh, yeah I was a bit I was a bit um, uh, confused by uh, the, the new uh, new name on the list and then realised that Kaylee Barton is actually just the married name now of of Katie Green so um, yeah slightly confused but um, um, yeah, I'm easily confused.
0: But with regards to Jess Fishlock, do you think this is her last campaign?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think realistically, I think she probably it, it probably is. But but she's such an athlete, such a professional. Um, if she's still one of the best players in the team, I think even she believes she'll still keep playing for Wales because for as long as you're good enough, um, and you feel that you can contribute to the team, she'll keep playing she'll keep playing until she's no longer that, that much of an asset um i i just don't know whether or not her, her fitness and everything will let, let her because surely at some point your body starts it has to start to sort of scream out and go no when you're 57 you have to stop playing for wales <laughs> you know and and i suppose that's there will come a point where we'll have to say goodbye to her in terms of that but you know what what an amazing i'd never stopped
0: jpl and- jpl JP williams was playing rugby into his 60s so, you know, I suppose yeah, if you, not, if you but, could... Yeah, but
1: enough. not for Wales, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so I, I admire all of our optimism, and to be honest, if she can, let her, but uh, I can't see it happening. But no, it, it, for as long as we've got these great players and they're fit enough and they want to play, then we've got to keep you know keep them in the squad because, as I say, everybody benefits, not just, not just the team on the day.
0: Jamie, we'll talk about the friendly versus Republic of Ireland next week, um, but how important will it be for... Comedy to give a good performance in that game do you think after the disappointments of last year
2: yeah i i mean we we talked and we the, the the last couple of games in particular it was a disappointing end to the year <clears throat> um so i mean again it's, it's not to, not to sound like a broken record what i was saying a minute ago when we were talking about the Wrexham game i think it it it's probably a slight reversal of that really in the sense of you know we we need to you know you want to see a slightly better uh, you, know, you want to see an improvement in the performance, don't you? You want to see the levels increasing, and and you know i build, building up to trying to build up, but to to <coughs> excuse me to the um, to the yeah. results a bit more um, because I think that that's yeah, you know that's that's what was lacking a little bit. I think we just the performances need to be a little you know to need to be a little bit better. The the levels need to be a little bit higher. Um And and then, you know, I think the performances will come from there. But yes, it, it, it is going to be important, isn't it, to, to, to put a good performance in against Ireland?
0: And the Men's Nations Draw League was last week. And following relegation last year from League A, Cumbria were drawn in League B, Group 4, versus Iceland, Montenegro and Turkey, with Cumbria ultimately looking to win the group to get promoted back to League A and increase their qualification chances for the next World Cup. Cumbria will open their campaign to Turkey on September the 6th, then go to Montenegro on September the 9th, before visiting Iceland on October the 11th, hosting Montenegro on October the 14th, visiting Turkey on the 16th of November, and finishing the campaign at home to Iceland on the 19th of November. Now, I'm going to be the one who says it. On paper, Cymru are group favourites. Ranked 29th in the world. Turkey are 37, Montenegro are 70, and Iceland are 71. Although, obviously, that means absolutely dick-all. Does... Cumbria were disappointing in League A, but there was a number of factors, such as concentrating on the World Cup playoffs and some people being off, players being off form. I mean, do you see this as a chance for Cumbria to reset?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you picked it. I think you spot on there with the point, which is our attempts in the la- in the last competition of this was was completely compromised by having to reschedule the the, the qualifier. Um, you know, the Ukraine game. Uh, right in the middle of it. And so Paige had to make a decision. And he put all his commitment into best team, fitness, everything for uh, a qualifier. Which, of course you do. Uh, but it just meant that this tournament got compromised. And that meant relegation. Which is a shame. Because I do think we are better. And, and I think if you put, like you've highlighted, we are on paper the, the favorites in this group. We should be... You know, we should potentially um, make it back out again, which is, you know, great. Just want to say, though, England are
0: also in League B. Let's not forget this.
1: Yeah, because they got relegated. Because, because that's the thing with this system is that, of course, the, the A's that I think when they set it up, all the top teams are in the top flight. And then obviously at some point, three or four of each of those top teams have had to drop down. And then a, a, a team that I would say is not in, you know, not top flight, but it's just off it, can then mix up. So I, 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 th- I think this team's going to be bouncing up and down. I was surprised that England was one of them, but then, you know, still found surprised it.
0: Surprised or delighted? Is it's such a fine line. I
1: find Am- amused. it's uh, <laughs> it's I, I, it, 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 it's it's always funny. Um, but I, I, I think I think what what I'm pleased was that the draw. Um, could have been a lot lot worse as much as we're the favorites for this group you can say that if you want but but actually in terms of the teams we could have been playing against um uh, i know the draw there's parameters about who you can or can't you know but there are some decent teams in in this group then there's lots of teams that i would consider in our sort of our league as such you know like your finlands your republic of Ireland, um norway you know there we're teams that aren't the top elite. 10 12 teams but you know we're probably in that next batch based on results i mean we don't deserve to, what do you mean don't deserve i don't mean that i mean uh, um, there's there's no reason why we should be in that group because we're such a small nation and we do not you know the resources we have to us and yet we we achieve and we perform and and i think that's that's credit to to the to the players we've had in the last few years but yeah i think it could have been a lot worse um and and montenegro I think that's that's a, a really, uh, and Iceland, they're both teams. Iceland have been good, but they've slipped away big time. I think, obviously, whatever that golden era was when they qualified for 2016, I don't think they're in that same league anymore. Um, and we all know about Turkey. Turkey's probably mm-hmm. the one that we have to be careful of. We've had a recent run-in with them, and as much as our away game was disappointing, there was a worldie in there, but apart from that, it wasn't the best game. But we played much better against them here and uh, and you know potentially should have you could say we may maybe could have done better there as well it's all it's there to be won. it's there you know and, and we uh, yes i take that if you were to give me that beforehand and say of all the options available that's probably not a million miles off um you know what i would have hoped for so yeah i'm really happy with
0: that i mean jamie to to carry carry, carry on that answer i mean of iceland montenegro and turkey where do you see Cymru struggling is it just turkey or you know going to iceland i mean where 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 are you concerned
2: you know as we saw in the qualifying campaign there's no there's no easy games is there i mean like daz just said the the, the kind of the glory day of uh, days of, of of iceland a few years ago um you know they've they've fallen off a cliff you know turkey are not the team that they were um i don't think any of them are necessarily easy games is there i, I think I think You're quite brave if I'm honest. I think you're quite brave saying that on paper we're the favourites, you know. I think, um, but that's
0: that's the fact on paper under FIFA rankings, we are head and shoulders above the other three teams,
2: <laughs> yeah. But, um, how, um, how much you read into FIFA rankings?
0: Well, as, as I've rightly said, it means dick all, but yeah,
2: <laughs> you know, um, uh, you no, know, I, 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 I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I just don't think. I wouldn't look at that group and and necessarily say we're favourites. I think it's, a, it's it should be a competitive group. That's that's what I would say. It should make for some some good games because I think they're you know they're you know they're, they're teams really that are probably um, should all be of a sort of reasonably similar standard. Um, so I I that I don't think any of them are going to be particularly. Uh, amazing, amazing places to what you know, you're not somewhere you particularly want to go and go and play football, is it? But well, you say Mont- that, Montenegro's I'm, nice.
1: I was about to say, I, I was about to just wait for your answer to finish, and then I was going to say, mind you, September, Montenegro. That
2: sounds like that a sounds nice, nice. Sounds lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to I'm save, like ne- save now. <laughs> I'm just trying to think which James Bond film Montenegro was in. Was in one of the Casino Royale. Ones. Casino Royale. Yeah. Where Casino is. Oh yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, you see, I'm. Uh, yeah, you see, I. I, I, yeah, I was thinking of some. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, apparently, I, it's I, a very nice place to go. It's so.
0: lovely. Apparently, it's it's right on the Adriatic. It's it's an absolutely gorgeous
1: place to go.
2: Okay, so Montenegro, away it is then. Let's yeah. go! Yeah, hey, let's go! Let's take the
1: pods the, on the road.
0: The <laughs> um, Daz, so looking at this, come first, we get promoted to League A, absolutely bigs up our chances for qualifying for the next World Cup. Thumbs up. Second, we get into a playoff to get promoted to League A, which, again, gives us another chance. I mean, is that kind of the minimum we really should be expecting from Cymru? I mean, would below that be a disaster?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, well, disaster is bottom of the table, relegated to C. But that is that is absolute disaster. I mean, there's no way of describing that. Um, we're staying in the group or in third place would be disappointing.
0: Well, Well, third place means you get a playoff. Between that and League C, to see if you get relegated or stay where you are.
1: Yeah, see, it's 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 not even it's not even thinkable. They have to, for me, it's their top two, um, which means they've either go up or they have a chance of going up. So, for me, they have to be top two. And disappointing and or disastrous uh, is is the bottom two places. But you know, it's I can't see that happening.
0: And the thing is, this is so interwoven now with qualification. These games are important. They're not just friendlies anymore as we as they used to be. And that's maybe one of the good things. It used to be that you'd get you'd pull some a team which either was much, much better than you and get spanked, or much, much worse than you and you'd spank them, but there's no real value to it, which is why a number of high profile players not mentioning any names Ryan Giggs wouldn't wouldn't come and play in certain friendlies because they didn't feel they were valuable. Now all games are valuable and that's got to be a good thing isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've been a fan of this format from the beginning. As soon as it came out, although it was very complicated, convoluted, and people had to sort of work out exactly, you know, if you did this, you did that, and you turned around and you might get up, you know, whatever. It it it, it was very unclear. I remember Ebbs explaining it on Scorio once, and even he was going, I think I understand it. And <laughs> and so and that was with graphics from s4c so you know it's like it was very convoluted but I, I i do think it's really good that you have this tiered system of competition like you said that, that you're, you're you're pitched against like for like potentially um uh, or, or at least teams that have got to that position on merit and and uh i i, I, th- I think it does make warm-up you know the warm-up games i think of the past i mean there are empty slots of course so you can still have friendlies um you can still uh, depending on the combinations um now i think this tournament there, we we've always got a game. I think it's you know there aren't any because we're only four teams in a group that one both teams both all four teams are playing every weekend or every midweek game. So there aren't, there shouldn't be any gaps. But when you're doing the um, Euro qualifiers or the World Cup, there's quite often uh, a rest weekend or a rest game, and and you can still put your friendlies in there, um, like we did up, up at the at the Kairas, you know. So the, those those are the opportunities you can take. So I th- I think there the, the, there's points in you know where the the friendlies do have a place. And I do think, in, you know, they, they're they not gone. But this is just such a better system. So I
0: mean, it's nice and compact as well. All six games in three months. You know, it's you start it, you do it, you finish it, you know where you are. There's no, it's not long and convoluted. I think that's got to be a bonus as well, isn't it? Um, Jamie, some talk of possibly the Montenegro or the Iceland home games being played at the Stoke Kairas because the Gibraltar game was a sellout, did so well. The away fans obviously are quite small, so you could still pack out the, the Kairas. I mean, do you think that might happen?
2: from somebody that's based uh, up in Tut North, um, uh, yes, that would be great. Um, oh, I, I I, don't know. I, I think... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, w- would they even be allowed to... I mean, when, when are these games supposed to be played?
0: September, October, November uh, this year. I mean, Daz, Mont- Montenegro, you know, they're not going to bring many fans with them. You know, you could you could easily now at the moment with the at te- the temporary stand will probably be gone by that point, so we'd be back down to being ten and a half thousand because the new stand would not be built. That's still ten thousand Welsh fans you could get in.
1: Yeah, I mean it's I, that's that's because I'm just looking at the the whether they're Friday Monday or Saturday Tuesday games. So the Cymru versus Montenegro game is a Monday night, and the Cymru versus Iceland is a Tuesday night. So midweek games or you know school nights. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, the, I, I could see the Iceland one, the final one potentially being there because I'd like to think that we'll have achieved what we needed to achieve and we're in a good position by that point. Um, uh, but I think if we're on a good campaign and we've got momentum, one of the things that everyone keeps saying is that the, the Cardiff City, it, it does create that that, that rocking environment. Um, I'm not to say, It's not to say that the Kairosk will never have that, but it hasn't got quite the same. I, 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 I haven't experienced it, so I, I'm only going from what other people said. It's not quite the same. still good, but um, do we want to risk that? But equally, why not? This is the time where we should be starting to say, for all the years that the, the North Walians have come down south to watch the games and have been absolute legends for, for all their travel um, against all the odds, um, then there should be some reward for that and some competitive games um, would, would be a suitable reward.
0: I mean, probably the Swansea.com stadium might have something to say about that. I know they're still in the south as well, but they'll kind of say, well, we've got a bigger ground, you know, we blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah.
1: But they've had, they've had games there uh, more recently and, the, the numbers of people I think it's to do with the fact that people in Cardiff Newport, um, Merthyr all these places can't be asked to go to Swansea or Tennessee <laughs> or anywhere like that whereas everybody in Swansea is happy to come to Cardiff um, yeah. and, Well it's got uh,
0: electricity and running water where Swansea hasn't so.
1: Absolutely, yeah yeah. <laughs> Big city lights
0: Dog poo through the letterbox
1: coming my way from Swansea
0: <laughs> Not
2: for the first time <laughs> <laughs>
0: sizzle up and get out the scoop it's time for the chip shop to open its doors once more. Daz has returned penny in hand to help Jamie fry the chips so first into the fryer it's Notts County. (laughs) Notts County visit the Stoke Kairas for the first time since the memorable game last year which pretty much decided the National League title and that save from Ben Foster. Wrexham managed a 2 0 win at the county ground, Lee and Palmer scoring the winners, and included a very late addition of Tozer into the lineup. Since our last meeting, Notts County have dropped off the boil from league leaders out of the playoff zone until recent form, where they are now back on a winning keel. They are currently in 7th place in the playoffs with 14 wins, 5 draws, and 12 losses, a goal difference of plus 7 and 47 points, 8 points behind Wrexham in 4th, having played one game more. In January, Luke Williams became manager of Swansea City and eventually Stuart Maynard, ex-manager of National League side Wealdstone, was appointed manager of Notts County. Their last five results, a 5-5 draw away at Grimsby Town, a 1-0 draw at home to Barrow, a 1-0 loss away at Mansfield Town, a 3-1 loss at home to Gillingham and a 3-1 win away at Newport County. And the chips are done. Now, Jamie, before last week, and with his current yo-yo form, you'd be confident in predicting a win. But now? Uh,
2: yes, yeah, so a week ago, I'd have been very confident predicting a Rexham win. Um, now, yeah, not so much. Um, <laughs> this is brilliant. You just yeah, say great. one thing and exactly, then repeat yeah. it. Repeat is that what I've been
0: doing wrong all Yeah, this time? that is. You just need to obviously <laughs> yeah. let me write it all, say it, and then just repeat it. And then we do it in about 10 minutes
2: but I, <sighs> I don't know. um what I'm from... trying to get to,
0: what I'm trying to get out of you is is Nazis' form doing a plus and our form going nose diving a little bit going to mean that this will be flipped on its
2: head I know what you're trying to get out of me I'm oh, just oh, fine. I'm, Jesus wow. um it's a, it's, a, it's a, it I think with what happened against Bradford for Wrexham last week. It makes it makes this prediction or what, what the how this game is gonna go, it makes this a lot more difficult. Um because I don't think any, you know, no no nobody saw even even though we'd lost the three games prior to playing Bradford, I don't think many people anticipated anything other than a Wrexham win last week. Um so so for for us to have lost that, it it does you know, understandably it's gonna creep in a little bit of of, of doubt. Um but, you know, I, I like, like you say, I think we've got to forget about what happened in, in the fixture at the race course last season. You know, yes, that'll go down in in, in, in history and in, in, in all of our memories. I mean, for me, it's probably up there as, as one of, you know, one of the, the, the top three games that I've ever been to, um, you know, if not top two um I'll forever remember that game and and it was it was it was incredible and I don't think you know it'll take some some beating or repeating um but you have to forget that completely different circumstances and now as well with the changes that have happened at Notts County obviously the um you know the the, the lead to Pep Guardiola's gone to Swansea hasn't he so um it, it, you know there I don't know what Notts County are anymore because I've not watched them recently so I don't know whether they've changed the style whether he's carried on the same same playing style as Luke Williams used to play. You know if they if they persist on that crazy high line or whether he's changed it up. So it's it's a difficult one. You can only look I can only look at, at their recent um you know their recent performances and, and up until their their last game where they won, you know, they weren't in the best of form and like you say they've dropped down the league and you know not that long ago they were right up at the top. So um as, as much as it, you, you, there is a little seed of doubt in my mind now, just because of the fact we lost last week, again, you, you have to put that down to a blip and you'd be brave to back anything other than a Wrexham win, I think.
0: Daz, both sides' form is erratic, to say the least. I mean, does the game where not lost last year mean anything in the contents of this game?
1: No. No, I think different squads, different different setups, I, th- I think the situation has all changed. Um, I think that's, like I say, that's for the record books. I don't think that's going to have a bearing on it. I think you're both, both teams' recent forms are going to be far more in their minds um, a concern, I think. Um, and, yeah yeah you can put yeah forget it because they say it's, it's it, every, everybody's different your management's changed the goalkeepers changed the circumstances of the the consequences shall we say uh, um is different so yeah I, I i think that you can ignore that no I, I, i'm far more interested in the fact that you know um uh Notts county also have a particularly poor uh away form um you know worse than Wrexham's away form um so as much as it's erratic, that's also consistent when it's away for being weak. Um, It's just whether or not Wrexham's home results and the fortress that was, it was, was, you know, are we convinced that it was just a a temporary blip, which...
0: But they did um, manage to beat Newport 3-1 away last week. I mean, and we...
1: No, I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. And and that is is their anomaly so far. There's nothing to base it on other than... um, you know, there's no, there's no way of knowing that that's a consistency or a change that, that's that's gonna um, hold up. So you're right, it's very hard to tell whether or not any of these factors are gonna have an influence, but um, uh, I, 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 I don't think Wrexham are gonna suddenly stop being a strong team at home because they had one bad game, a bit of, you know, a few results, you know, decisions go against them, some, you know, uh, opportunities missed, and just generally just not their day. And I just think no, that's that's not an indicator of of Wrexham at home. I don't think.
0: Jamie, as you've already said, different manager means diff, could mean different tactics. We seem to have worked knots out under Luke Williams, but do we change the tactics or go at them the same?
2: Do we change our tactics? Yeah, no, nah, no chance. Christ, if he's he's not changed them, he's not changed them at the, uh, to this point. He's not going to change them against North County. No, no, no chance. We'll we'll line up exactly the same uh, as as we always do. I mean. Christ, there's nothing. If if he was ever going to try something different, I would have expected to have seen it before before playing Notts County. Um, it will be interesting to see how they line up and how they play. Because um, like I say I, I've not since they've had their new manager. I've not I've not seen um, I've not seen them. So I I don't know whether he's a you know he's adopted a different style. Um, but I don't no, I don't expect us to, to do anything different. I think the the, the personnel he picks will be an you know will be an interesting one. I think if if one thing's become um if one thing's become a certainty with with Wrexham and with Parkey, is it trying to predict his starting eleven um is is harder than trying to predict these bloody scores.
0: Well you'll enjoy your last question then. It uh, does Langstaff leading scorer of the division, twenty goals, but is normally quiet in Wrexham games still a
2: threat we need to keep oh an eye on. you've done it now you've done it now <laughs> um yeah
1: so uh trick ball or just a brace is that is that what you're saying is that what you're saying
2: um I'm gonna come and kick you square in the nuts if he scores on Saturday night. Of course, he's gonna score. Now we let's oh, just say I'm gonna put a bet on it. I'm right just
0: now. hey look, I'm just saying how it is. He has been very. We've made him very quiet do in all what? the games. Do, do
2: you know what? Do you know what? Tonight you've been like you've 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 been like what's that bloke that politician bloke who used to host that game show? Was it a game show or a Question Time? What's his name? Paxman. You you've been like an antagonist on here tonight, like but as if you've my, written questions. That's my just job. To, Piss that me is my off. job.
0: My job is not just to go... Mm, what, mm. to piss me off? That's your yeah. job? Yeah, it's absolutely.
1: Brilliant. Hey, I've been doing it for the last 40 years. I ain't going to stop now. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll make life easier. I'll put a bet on Langstaff to score, and then he won't. Thanks very much. That's so, perfect. you know, if that helps.
0: Jamie, we've now tried Mullin and Palmer, or Fletcher and Mary up front, and we've tried Hayden, and O'Connell, or Cleworth, O'Connell, and Boyle at the back in the last week alone. Do you have a favourite versus Nott County? Uh what defense or, or attack or both? Both,
2: both, Jesus. Both, have, uh, both
0: have changed in two matches.
2: Okay. Well, I reckon we'll have um, we'll have Anthony Hopkins playing the right side of ben Tozer. <laughs> Uh and then and then who did we say is in the rocking Robin costume? Uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, he will he, be playing yeah. up front. Um, I would expect. I'd expect Tozer to come back in. Uh, I think. I don't think he was dropped. I think he was just given a break. Um, so I would expect Toes to come back into the middle. I, I honestly think uh, Boyle will keep his place. I think uh, O'Connell will move over to the right. Max will probably drop to the bench.
0: Jody Jones is the danger on that wing. I think that's where you need somebody on Boyle's side who absolutely is on form because Jody Jones, look, looking at him, he is deadly at the moment.
2: But what, what your, what's your options on that left side? What's your options? Tunnicliffe, who's, who's barely played any football recently. Or, or Boyle, who 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 is fit and okay, or O'Connell, uh, yeah. But he's he looks uncomfortable to me when he plays on that left hand side. I think for him, he needs to be in the middle or on the right hand side. So I I don't. You you could be right. We could it could be a situation where Tozer and Hayden were given the night off against Sutton to 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 rest, and we could be in a situation where we end up with uh, what we saw against uh, Bradford, where you've got O'Connell on the left, Tozer in the middle, and Hayden on the right. I, 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 I don't know, my, my gut feeling is if I was putting money on it now, I think you'll see uh, O'Connell on the right, Tozer in the middle and Boyle on the left That would be what I would expect to see but who knows, and then up front my I still would like to see, there's still a part of me that would like to see Mullen and Marriott play together i just I'd be, I'd be intrigued to see what they would do be like together but I, I'm just not sure we'll see it yet so again, if I would put money on it now, you're asking me to, to pick right now. I I would say probably mullin and Flet um, and Palmer will be the two that will start on Saturday against Notts County. I think you know Fletcher started the last two games. Um, whilst he he has got unbelievable uh, quality, in which we've seen you know more more than one of occasion. Um, you you can you can see how that he's played at the highest level. Um, he, he he To me, he he's generally. I know he's had a couple of good games, but generally he's not as he's not as effective when he starts as he is when he comes off the bench. Um, like I say, he started the last two games anyway. So I I, I would I would put money on it being Mullin and Palmer starting. On Saturday.
0: So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce cork. Jamie, what's your score predictions for Wrexham versus Knotts
2: County? 3 1 Wrexham.
0: Daz, what's your score predictions for Wrexham versus Knotts County?
2: 2 1 Wrexham.
0: And I'm predicting Wrexham 1, Knotts County 3. Knotts County will what? be up for this, and having seen Bradford wow. raid the racecourse, I think they will too. They made Newport look rubbish last week which they are, don't get me wrong, but to put them to the sword like that, and we couldn't, I want to be wrong so much about this, but I think we've still got the jitters, I think we're still in trouble, and I think there will be some soul-searching to do post-game. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's MK Don's. We have to go all the way back to the opening day of the season where MK Dons visited the Stoke Kairas and pulled off a 5-3 win, Mendy, Davis and Ford getting the Wrexham goals. Wrexham was still jet lagged and it shows and much has changed since August 2023. Wrexham now have to go midweek to visit Stadium MK, trying to beat their poor away record. In charge that day in August was Graham Alexander, now in charge of Bradford, who also managed to beat Wrexham at home recently. He was sacked in October, and ex gateshead head manager Mike Williamson is now in charge. MK Dons are currently sixth in League Two, with 15 wins, six draws and 10 defeats, a goal difference of plus seven and 51 points. Five points behind Wrexham, having played a game more. Their last five results, a 3-1 win at home to AFC Wimbledon, a 2-1 win at home to Gillingham, a 1-0 loss away at Barrow, a 2-1 win at home to Accrington, Stanley and a 4-0 loss away at Bradford City. And the chips are done. Jamie, this will be a tough game for Exxon after the Sutton game. What are you hoping for? Stanley a different person. <laughs> a- Accrington, pause, Stanley. Yeah, but there won't be no? a pause once I've edited it. Including oh. editing out what you've just <laughs> said. You <laughs> b-. And I'm going to edit that <laughs> out as well. <laughs>
2: Um, sorry, what was the question?
0: <laughs> this will be a tough game for Exxon. After the second game, what are you hoping for? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, what am I hoping for? Um, I mean, f- f- first, and fore- <laughs> first and foremost, uh, you know, what I'm hoping, again, This at, at the moment with this period that we're in in February and these games that we've got coming up, Again, as much as as much as I want to see Wrexham dominate games and play really amazing football, and then hopefully win games, for me it's all about. It's just about the result at the minute. So, what what do I want to see? Um, you know, I want to see a, a, a solid performance and to come away without a loss. That's that for me is 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 the key thing. I think it just obviously it's difficult, isn't it? Because we don't know what the outcome of the, the Notts County game is going to be yet. But if you're God awful prediction is is accurate, and God forbid we did lose that game, then it it really heaps a bit more pressure on this this game, um, y- you know, and I and I, I just, it's a tough one. This this is going to be a tough game, you know. MK Dons, whilst they're not necessarily in blistering form, they're there or thereabouts. You know, like you said, they're in sixth place; they've had some some good results, particularly at home. Um, granted, I don't quite think they're necessarily the same. Um, they're not the same kind of offensive beast that they were when we played them on the first game of the season. Um, but they're definitely, you know, they're definitely f- formidable and it won't be an easy game, I don't think.
0: Does M.K. Dons are only currently four points behind Wrexham and could he be even closer by this game? I mean, do you think Wrexham can beat the away odds on this one?
1: It's not just Wrexham's away odds. I think it's uh, it's it's Milton Keynes' home odds. They're, they're something like, you know uh I just I was reading it earlier they're like the third best home results um in in the division you know you've got Wrexham Stockport and then Milton Keynes so they're they're no mugs at home and and so if you've got a Wrexham going with the jitters and a strong Milton Keynes as much as their their runner form perhaps is not has been glowing but it's still decent um at the moment i I, I, I think you're gonna find that a really difficult place to go. Um, in in the current Wrexham form, um, whether or not they they play to the potential that they are, in there, obviously as a, they're they're higher up in the in the league at the moment, of course. Um, so can Wrexham sh- prove that they're worthy of that position of being higher against Milton Keynes? Um, it's, it's 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 unlikely, isn't it? We're basing it on all the current results that we've seen, um, and and i i don't know i just i just think that it's 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 a tough i keep going back to the fact that the it's they're a tough team in in mm-hmm. trying to reset all of this they're probably not the kind of club you want to be trying to do it against um who have got got their you know a really well established setup at home and playing you know the style of football they play um we know what you know they've already of course beaten wrexham so it's it's uh, a tough ask. I just think it's possibly they're just the wrong team to try and undo all of this jitters.
0: So time for the salt, vinegar and sauce Koch Daz. What's your score predictions for MK Dons versus Wrexham?
1: I have gone for Milton Keynes two, Wrexham one.
0: Jamie, what's your score predictions for MK Dons versus Wrexham?
2: I'd originally put down a draw, but now he's gone for a Milton Keynes win. I'm I'm do I put all my faith in the lads? Because it's an opportunity to get some, score, some points back. Or am I going to edge closer to uh, walking around the streets of Wrexham dressed as bloody, whatever his name is, Gutterman or whatever you're going me up as? Um, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather that than bloody
0: Gutterman, I'll tell you. Um, well, they're both the same, long hair at the
2: back, bald on top, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd know all about that. Um <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. Wrexham 2, MK Dons 1. And I'm predicting MK Dons 2,
0: Wrexham 1. MK Dons have an impressive home record. I think Wrexham will play hard but not have enough to win away from home against a team with such a good home record as MK Dons. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And we'll be reviewing these matches in next week's pod. There you are, as we say goodbye to one of the greats of radio broadcasting, Steve Wright. We also bid you all a fond farewell. You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the greatest Welsh sports flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at Tweet More Chips. Threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, If you have anything
1: particularly like us Discuss. please feel free to drop does you remember Steve Wright? of course of course you know how we, we all grew up with him so I think from radio one through to radio 2 um what a, what a, you know legend and he also um he did the um, radio one road show when it came to Aberystwyth. Uh, so I do technic- I do have his autograph somewhere um I wonder where I put that
0: Jamie bit too
2: bit too old for you no no I uh, I I Remember uh, listening to Steve Wright in the afternoon, um, and I remember eating many a leftover kebab from a Saturday night, listening to Steve Wright's low songs on a Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair play. No, it's just it's sad, isn't it? It's uh, you know another another sort of great from from that, you know from from his respective industry leaving is a is a sad times and it's a, it's a it's a sign you're getting old
0: oh it's, ter- it's terrible I mean, when i was growing up I, you know i wanted to be i wanted to be on radio and he was the guy i wanted to to follow because he was just an absolute trailblazer and just incredibly sad a great loss so uh, anyway to my two counterparts who thankfully can remember exactly the same as i do thank you daz you're welcome no g thank you jamie you're welcome and i've been whilst techie feeling incredibly old and so until the next time Come on Cymru and come on the town.